Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Loads of people writing in saying, how's Majid? Well, you've seen the pictures probably on Twitter. He looks a bit, uh, a little bit bruised and everything else. Quite clearly a racist attack. But as he said on Twitter, we're going to find you, mate. We're going to find you. You'll be caught on CCTV. The, the people will put the, your picture of the paper and we'll get you into court. Then we shove you in prison. And then your entire life collapses. Dreadful, dreadful set of, uh, of things to happen. The railway worker who scooped 2.5 million some years ago has now decided he wants to go back to work. And he's doing it to set an example to his children to say, listen, even if you've got, I mean, it's only two and a half million. I mean, tonight I'm going home with 154 million. So pfft, the rest of you, I couldn't care less. I'm going to be spending it like there's no tomorrow. I'm going to be getting a fleet of cars going down the middle lane of the motorway. I've decided I'm going to pay for 100 cars to all cruise at 70 miles an hour. Maybe not a good idea. Anyway, uh, guess guess what's racist? We've had slippers. Um, a face mask now is classed as racist because it's made of charcoal. Well, charcoal, you use, it's in tablets. It's in all sorts of things. I mean, if, if you've got irritable bowel syndrome, I think you take charcoal tablets. And I bought some drinks the other day which had charcoal in. But uh, somebody said, when you, when you put this mask on, it's, it's just like black mud. But it's been available for donkey's years. And now all of a sudden, some snowflakes come out and gone, it, it's racist. But it's charcoal. The whole idea is it's charcoal. They haven't done it for the colouring. It's charcoal. And it's on there because it draws out the impurities. I mean, look at my skin. Bloody gorgeous, I tell you, even at this time of the morning. I don't know how I do it, seriously. At my age, at my age, how do I manage to look this good and sound this chirpy? Tea. Oh, and I've had some strawberries. I bought some strawberries the other day. I thought they were really good value, actually, those strawberries. Three, three quid a tray. I thought that was... I'm not sure about that. You think that's good value? I thought that was good value. And they come in a little box and you can use the box. They're really nice. So I brought them in so the boys can experience a bit of, bit of summer fruit. You know, because they don't, they don't generally sort of get, get the summer fruits. Colleen Rooney wants to take part in a reality show. I think either Strictly Come Dancing or um, something else. I just can't remember what it is. But, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind Colleen, but you're in a reality show, dear. You're married to that plank. The, you know, the one with the, with the dead shredded wheat on his head? You're married to that one. That's a reality show. Don't, don't try and change it. I mean, you don't embarrass yourself when people hear you talk, please. Uh, and of course, if it's I'm a Celeb, it's a free holiday to Australia, and we know you like your holidays. Uh, the hit drama Life on Mars is being remade for the Chinese market. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I know Philip Glenister was in it, and I, 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 I sort of did, did talk about it, but I've never seen the programme. Is that bad of me? Should I have seen it? Oh, right. Well, have you ever seen it? Oh, of course you would have done, wouldn't you, honestly? It's always me again, isn't it? It's always me on the outside. Darren's seen it, the producers. Have you seen Life... Oh, for God's sake, honestly. Why am I the only one who never sees these things? No, I don't want the... Di- I've got... Listen, one thing I don't need is anything else. I've got enough... To- I've got three DVD box sets delivered to me yesterday from Amazon, and I've just ordered another one, which is arriving today. I've got some illness. There's no- something the matter with me. I tell you, I was obviously dropped in my head. I bought... Well, actually, they're all history box sets. History of the National Trust... Uh, David Dimbleby, History of England and all the rest, because I've seen clips of them, they're really good, takes you into places you never go and uh, and then there was an Alan Titchmarsh box set, and then I've just ordered the box set of Dinner Ladies not that it's camp in any way, shape or form but I thought, you know, might as well balance it up a little bit which is, uh, excuse me oh dear uh, right, a stitch sorry, a stitch in time may save the environment because ladies and gentlemen of a certain age, if you're in the forces, you learnt how to sew. 
Nobody sews nowadays. My mother had a sewing box, and in the sewing box were all the needles, and she had a, she she could thread a needle. Me, I had a little wire thing that you pushed into the needle. It came out the other side of the hole. Then you put the thing and then pulled it back through again. And my mother had um, an egg, like a wooden egg, which you put in to darn socks. I know you're all get weird. Well, yeah, we had that. She had a tin of buttons, a tin of buttons. So in other words, if if you lost a button. You know, then she would empty it out. I mean, many of the time I went to school with nice silver and gold buttons on. God knows why, but there you go. And so they're, they're trying to get you stitching again. But there are ladies listening and gentlemen who probably have already been doing this for ages. And it's very therapeutic. My mother used to do tapestry. She'd sit there with, with a tapestry frame watching watching television. Which I quite... We've still got it somewhat. No, we haven't, actually. I think we must have got rid of it. Uh, there's also... Have a look around. There's a Super Mario Brothers video game, thought to be the only one of its kind in the world, has just sold at auction. A Super Mario... How much? Come on. Come on. Play along at home. Don't sit there. £78,000 for a video game. I've still got an animated teddy. I told you about my animated teddy, which I got years ago, who works on a... Works on a on a, a thing. He was like Teddy Ruxpin, but he was the cheaper version. And he was the one who, when my first... Uh, oh, somebody wrote to me the other day and said, I'm sorry, godchildren are not children. What do you think they are, wizened old bag? What do you think they are? Of course they're ch- The clue is in the word children. But there you go, you know. And um, and this, this bear used to react to the television that used to send out a signal. And he had all these motors in him. Freaked her out completely. He was sitting next to her on the, on the, on the settee and she would sit there and watch him. Then all of a sudden, the video comes alive. Hello, children, said this thing. And then this bear would talk. Well, I mean, you, you thought she was, she'd never seen anything that size that talked. Zara says, uh, Danny Dyer, the father, reckons that the ISIS girl should be allowed back to the UK. There you go, you see. Half a brain cell in the family sharing it out between him and the daughter and the wife. Uh, going, you know, I'm terribly sorry. This was the day before Danny Dyer came out, the father, not not came out, but came out and told us he'd done drugs and all the rest of it and said uh, that the um, the silly cocaine-taking boyfriend of the NAF daughter who works behind a bar apparently had taken cocaine and she said he's destroying the name, the brand. You think, yeah, <laughs> what do you think you're married to, dear? So now he says that the ISIS bride should be allowed back. I think he's about the only one, actually, barring the... Uh, Barring the um, solicitor or whatever he is. He's there. He's, he's very odd. Very, very strange. Who's paying for him, I wonder? Has that family got loads of money or is he working for free? Because he's come up with one of these cases before. I thought I'd heard of his name. Uh, giving up wine and coffee nearly killed a reporter. Very difficult to give things up, isn't it? You know, when you do something, it's like, you know, people are going, oh, well, you know, what am I going to do? I'll eat this. Uh, Gemma Collins has come up with the absolute classic. Don't go on a diet. Just eat whatever you want to eat. It doesn't make no difference. So that that's her latest thing. Presumably she's piled on the pounds with all her curries and everything else. And poor little Arge. I mean, there's no chance of him getting to be down to the right weight for dancing on ice, is there? I mean, it's an embarrassment as it is, poor soul. But there you go. He has, he has problems. Uh, Dolly Parton's opened her heart again because she's got this uh, musical in town called Nine to Five. Working Nine to Five. And she sings in her concert. She does the song. I think it's second song in. Nine to five, and uh, she has a friend. And when I sorry, when I say she has a friend, her friend is a woman, uh, and they've been together for years. She says she's a friend. Now I don't think I've ever read an interview with Dolly Parton where she's not talked about Judy without saying, "Why is it not possible for two women to be friends together uh, without people going, you're gay?" 
and they sleep in the same bed and they they go about together. Judy travels with her and all the rest of it. I mean, what's the matter? With, I don't see there's anything the matter with it, but she feels that she has to say something at the age of over 70. Who can, Listen, if Dolly Parton turned out to be bisexual, I couldn't give her stuff. It didn't make any difference to me. She's been married to Carl for 53 years. Uh, he hardly ever appears. There's very few photographs of them together. He doesn't go to the uh, the shows. He doesn't like her music. He's a Led Zeppelin fan. And so Judy is her friend. Well, everybody's got a best friend, haven't they, that they go everywhere with. I mean, I go out with my team all the time. We go out, like, you know, bonding, we go to restaurants and theatre. Everybody except you. And, um, you know, and that's what we do because we're like, you know... But karaoke's a fab. We've had, honestly, laugh. I thought I'd never start... And uh, it was great. We, we do karaoke. We do the cinema. I've learned how to drink a pint. Admittedly, it takes about four hours, but I do get there eventually. I can't stand the taste of beer or lager uh, or, or Guinness or anything. Oof, no, not for me at all. But um, she feels duty bound to defend herself and say that, you know, it, we're just friends. We're just really good friends. You know, why shouldn't she have a friend for good? Honestly, it must be really lonely if you're touring most of the time. John in Wales says, uh, we've now had the Times, then Sky, and all the latest BBC, all knocking on the door, or the tent of this innocent victim. I wonder who'll be next. Will it be ITV, Channel 4, or even CNN? Just waiting for her to appear on one or other reality shows. She's laughing all the way to the bank. But, uh, well, she's not been paid, as far as I know, for any of these interviews. Unfortunately, she's not being advised either, because the claptrap she's come up with, you wouldn't believe. Well, you know what the latest thing is. Uh, no one has, to my knowledge, asked for any proof of the other children yet. No, oh, we couldn't care about them. In fact, we don't really care about her. It's only because she's a bit vocal and a bit stupid. She was now saying, and I think the, uh, the quote was, uh, I think it's on The Sun, because she says that the, uh, the Manchester bombing w- was justified. Now, to be quite honest with you, unfortunately, that's that's when it went too far, as far as I was concerned. It's It's been bad enough up until now, and I looked at this smug little so-and-so's face, and I thought to myself, Do you know, you're a bigger piece of pond life as I've ever seen. 22 innocents went to see Ariana Grande, and they lost their lives. And now this disgusting piece of filth says the atrocity was justified. I mean, it, I just... Uh, words kind of fail me. Words kind of fail me. And she wants to come back into the UK. Well, actually, as she thieved her sister's passport, she doesn't have a passport. Let's not give her one. Let's not give her one. You know, because if this woman... And I heard somebody say it with on Darren's programme. I think it was on Darren's programme. Talking about... And it might not have... Or was it on Tom's? I can't remember. It would have been Tom. And uh, it was the chief constable of, of Greater Manchester. And he was saying, basically, that... Uh, you know, she shouldn't be allowed back because she'll be a target on the streets of this country. She will be a target. And so why should we have to protect her? Why sh- She hasn't renounced anything. And now she's come up with this. As far as I'm concerned, this piece of filth can stay where she is. She can get herself pregnant as many times as she likes. I couldn't really give a stuff. I'm really not interested. 22 people, innocent people died and she thinks it's justified. She thinks the severing of heads is normal because apparently under Islamic law, I don't know what bloody Islamic law she's reading, it's not the one that everybody else is singing from. You know, this is just a stupid, ignorant little nobody. And frankly, if she comes back into the country, she's going to be a target. It's as simple as that. There's going to be people out here. So the police are now going to have to look after her. Why should they bother? Because that's what we do. But nobody wants her back here, apart from Danny's stupid dyer and a couple of other... And her lawyer, who says she should be allowed back. She's suffering from, from trauma. Is she really? Is she really? 
I'll tell you, your idea of trauma and my idea, he said, she's showing all the symptoms. What, being confident in her interviews, not showing any remorse? I don't know how many interviews he's seen from the First World War about uh, people suffering from trauma, but quite clearly it's not sunk into his thick head. Because it's a case of, they don't behave like this. She's quite calm and collected. She believes it. She believes everything that they stand for. She's not renounced anything at all. I mean, I think, brilliant idea, you were all suggesting the other day, bring her back, shove her in prison. She can stay there for the rest of her life. Because they think that they might better reenact a treason law. There is a law of treason. And as far as I'm concerned, she fits it. Plus, oh, and her lawyers blamed the school as well. Never mentioned the parents. Never mentioned the parents who leave her for four years. What sort of family must they be like? You wouldn't want to be in that family, would you, for God's sake? So, uh, did you make any effort to go and get her back? Uh, no, no, we didn't. Why not? Why not? Um, um, we just didn't. Well, you knew where she was. Uh, they don't seem to know anything. Seriously, I mean, you'd be hard-pushed to discover. If that's what her parents are like, small wonder the poor girl is delusional. Steve says, uh, Dolly Parton comes from an age where one's sexuality was nobody else's business. Yeah, but the trouble is it, it runs through, doesn't it? It runs through. I mean, I, I, I know people who come from, from that age. And you're right, nobody spoke about it. Mainly because it was illegal. Mainly because it was illegal. In this country, it was 21 was the age of, of consent. What do you think people did? Wait until they were 21 and went, do you know, I think I'm going to fling my fairy wings on and go out and find a bloke or a woman. Or somebody with tattoos or vajazzling or whatever it happens to be now. Well, I don't know. They were talking about vajazzling the other day on the television. I didn't know what it was. Well, I did know what it was. I'm being naive to say I didn't know. I knew exactly what it was. It's where somebody decorates your gentleman bits. Although, to be quite honest, why would you want to decorate them? What? Oh, honestly. So naive. That's what they do in Essex. All the gentlemen have, 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 have vajazzled, I think. Bobby Cole Norris must have it all over his body. Ugh, ugh, ugh. But there you go. I know you don't feel very well. I'll ask him to show you his vajazzling. He's got vajazzling. Do you remember? Oh, look, honestly, I love the way he just looks so innocent. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. You know what You know what vajazzling is, don't you? Yeah, I thought you did. And he's from Aberdeen. I mean, they don't even have rhinestones up there. But they do it with hundreds and thousands. And, uh, or, or, or chocolate vermicelli. Which is sort of, it kind of fulfils two needs. And I don't think I want to go down that route because now I'm feeling a bit sick. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So the Sun's headline this morning is How Dare She After Making These Ridiculous Comments. I mean, she's just thick. She was a bit stupid when she left home, but quite clearly home life must have been an absolute nightmare. Why you'd want to stay in a house like that, I can't imagine. They weren't interested in her. She wasn't interested in them. She nicked her sister's passport. She was devious, conniving, cunning. And as one of the uh, police... I couldn't believe Tom Swarbrick had never heard the, the word sleeper. So the, the police... Uh, somebody said, oh, she could be a sleeper. And Tom Swarbrick went, what's that? And I thought, you don't know what a sleeper... I mean, he knows all these things. He knows far more than I do about things, but he didn't know what a sleeper was. In fact, they even made a film about it years ago. And it was uh, a Russian sleeper and his wife. And they moved into a place in America, based on fact. And they had a family and all the rest of it. As far as everybody knew, they were just members of the community. They went to the church. They did all the rest of it. But they were sleepers. In other words, they are, they are there just blending in. We've had a few in this country. And then at the right moment, somebody contacts them and goes, now. And then they go off and they do their, their business. She could be a sleeper. She could be getting ready. So people go, oh, she's all right now. She's, I think she's, she's so far gone and so far thick 
there's nothing you could ever do to her to sort of uh, to bring her back into the normal world because she lives in a peculiar, sad, empty vessel world, uh, which is called her head. And it's a case of then she might want to go and blow somebody up. She might want to go and cause damage because she hasn't renounced ISIS. She thinks this is perfectly normal to throw homosexuals off the top of buildings. Wish somebody would push her off the top of a building. I seriously do. When when she talked about the 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 Manchester bombings, I so for the first time in a long while, I get angry about certain stories in the papers. Everybody does. You look at them and you go, my God, yet another thicko from Love Island. Nothing compared to this piece of filth. Nothing compared to her. Lives mean nothing. Oh, because I thought that was actually good sort of uh, retaliation for people who lost their lives. Really? Really? That's why you're cowering away, isn't it? In a refugee camp. Oh, I'd... She's only been there two weeks. You make it sound like she's been there for ages and ages. She picked up her skirts and she shuffled in as quick as possible so that she didn't get blown up. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, what was the other show? The other uh, There was something else. Oh, yes. The um, Victoria's Secret. Victoria the Boar Beckham has apparently got some um, dreary little online thinking where she shows you behind the scenes, where apparently uh, she uses a toothbrush on her hair. She has to, she's got no hair. Uh, uh, tequila to pepper up and a messy bedroom. And she's pretending that this, this is how she lives. Or as we all know, it's a load of old claptrap. It really is. Uh, plus Jeremy Corbyn, after we had the alley... I didn't know what I was listening to yesterday. I was listening to uh, David Lammy. And then we had this... This sort of group of people coming on saying, oh, I, I thought they were very... Uh, I didn't think they were as articulate as they could have been, uh, especially the guy from Ilford. And uh, they, they were sort of chatting, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, this, is, this is what we've been waiting for. This was the, the resignations. They've set up their own little kind of group, and they think other people could join. And then, just to really add insult to injury, they bring back in Derek Hatton after 34 years. That big waste of space. Derek Hatton, my God, check him out on Google. You'll find out just what sort of a checkered career he's had. Is he talking to Nick? Oh, God, he was always good value for opening up his mouth. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, you have to listen to that one. That'll be a revelation for us. 34 years sitting on the sideline. My God, he comes with history. He comes with a lot of history, as Nick, no doubt, is well aware, because we're both from the same era. New set of stamps celebrating the 80th anniversary of Marvel Comics. I never did comics. We weren't allowed comics when I was little. Well, it's not a case we weren't allowed them. I don't think my parents knew what they were. My, my, my cousins, Stephen and Martin, had them, and that's the only time I ever used to read them, but I never got into comics. I used to read the adverts on the back for all the, you know, the X-ray specs and Bazooka Joe bubblegum, which came with, you know, different bits and pieces and Confederate money and things like that. But the actual cartoons, I couldn't, couldn't give a forex about, really. Which is quite nice. Uh, Brendan Cole wants to return to Strictly. I'm sorry, love, there's nothing for you. They don't want you. They're, put it this way, there is either a job on the panel, but there isn't, or a job dancing, which there isn't, so there's no need for you. You better stay out there in the wilderness. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have screwed it up. Your problem. Your problem, you screwed up big time. Uh, big blow as Honda plans to shut their Swindon plant. That's not good news, is it? They're furious down there, as I can well imagine. If you live in Swindon, I mean, you, you've got, you know... A few issues anyway. Uh, and now with Honda, I don't know how many people are going to be unemployed with Honda. Some, it's, it's quite a few, I think. But uh, they've, they've, they've never had this situation before. I mean, Swindon's not exactly the most you know, whoopee-doo town in the country. And, um, three, and a half, three and a half thousand? Oh, my godfathers. That's terrible, isn't it? Sympathies to all the people down in Swindon who work for, for Honda. Honda. For Honda. Uh, also, um, Alan Carr sleepwalks into the street in his pants. Funny place to have a street. 
Um, but no, he wandered out. So I've done it as well. I've slept walk before. Only the once. As far as I'm... I lock the door now. It's a lot easier. Uh, the Stoke footballer... Uh, is it Sidobira Hino? Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> That's good. Sidobira Hino. Sido Heribe. He he claims uh, that he was caught drink driving because he was fleeing muggers who'd nicked his watch. So he gets in his car. Doesn't kind of make too much sense, but I'm sure the police will uh, will work on that one. Uh, also, 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 the RAFD Day veteran. 95 he is. What does he do? He gets up every morning at 5am to start his paper round. And that's and that keeps him keeps him young. Keeps him young. Steve, if the ISIS girl does come back, says Alan, why can't the army arrest her? Because it wouldn't come down to the army. I mean, if, if they if they enact this this treason act, she's going straight to hell and I hope she stays there. She's uh, she's there's something she's I don't want to say she's ill because I don't think she's ill at all. I think she's well aware of what she's doing. Well aware of everything. And frankly, you know, if she thinks she's coming back to go and see all her friends going, I'm famous, I'm in all the papers. Let's go down to Kentucky. We'll go and get a burger. You know, I don't want that at all. Zara says, I hope Majid gets well soon. Hope they find the person who did it. Oh, they will. They've got CCTV all over the place. All over the place. Ridiculous. Honestly, it'll be a drunk, won't it? Or somebody on drugs or something like that. It might not be anybody who knows him. It could just be a random attack. But uh, they will catch him. They will catch him. We see stupid people every day on the streets of London. Really do. Kevin the Milton says, you're right about us Essex men being vijazzled. Uh, I'm down the vijazzling shop every weekend getting my vijazzles topped up. He said, when I strip, they have to dim the light so I don't blind anybody. Exit stage left, Kev. Thank you. Uh, Steve says, for any Home Secretary or Foreign Office Minister to allow the overheated rantings of the general public and celebrity journalists to interfere with his decision-making process and say the rule of law is not a democracy but sheer mob rule. Well, that's what's going to happen, isn't it? That's what's going to happen. There's going to be, there's going to be, uh, you know, pickets and people shouting obscenities at the family. Oh, I could just see it now. And Keith in Farnborough says, uh, with the GC commanding 13 grand an hour per appearance, do we know if she has had any bookings? I think not. I think not, actually. They were, what, what they were trying to do is get the money up, whereas, in fact, what are you employing? Somebody who's going to eat you out of sandwiches. There's no point in bringing... What, what, can, what can she do? She can't do anything. She'd have to swear. And so be going, oh, that was really funny, wasn't it? Very interesting. Gemma Collins turned up. What did she do? Don't know. She just sat at the bar drinking, dragged along that fat boy Arge. And, uh, and we went, how much did you pay for that? I mean, you could get her for a few hundred quid, I should imagine. I didn't know what vajazzling was, says Jan. So I had to look it up. I only heard about Pearl things a few years ago. How informative your show is. I know. Seriously. Seriously, I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable. I think we should print photographs of the of the team. Perhaps we should send off Scottish boy to be vajazzled, and then we can have pictures taken. They can go in a, go in a book. We could send you off on a mission, couldn't we? No. Oh, okay. Not really into the program, are you? I mean, I thought you. I thought you'd want to enter into the spirit of things. Is he just writing to HR again? Honestly, I think they actually automatically see all his things. And they go, oh, it's him again. <laughs> Because I've already written to the mustard-coloured top association of Great Britain. And uh, they're not very keen on you wearing something too short either. That doesn't fit. Sorry? Who did you ask? Who did you ask? You didn't ask anybody. Really? They were all going, oh, that's really nice. Nobody talks to you. You know why? Because they don't know who you are. No, he didn't. That is such a lie. Honestly, why you can sit there? Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely blouse you're wearing there, Scottish boy. I heard Steve talking about it this morning. 
You know, and you went, oh, thank you, David. Thank you, David. You never mentioned it at all. You just took in water because you're a servant. OK, you're like Paul Burrell. Well, you're not quite like Paul Burrell. <laughs> oh, second thought, I might have to think about that one. And this morning we're wearing Elizabeth Taylor's favourite colour, which is violet. He calls it purple, but it's violet. It's uh, it's a woman's colour. I mean, are you sh- I mean, I don't want to be rude about it. Are you shopping in women's shops or are you going to men's shops? Because I've never been in a man's shop and seen these colours in there. They don't exist. In my world, it's this sort of colour here, this sort of nice blue and everything else. And yours are all these sort of... I'm surprised you don't... You don't shop at, at more marketplaces. Yeah, I know that because you told me you didn't have any money. You, t- you said to me, I haven't got any money I can't afford to eat properly. <laughs> well, certainly not evident, judging by the size of you in that little sort of... Uh, Mustard colour. No, that thing is sort of... I mean, I don't know what that is. Where did you get it from? What is the name of the... Sh- is it still in business? Is, is, there a, is there a name of the shop? What does it say? What does it say? What is it? The M&S collection. Were you in the women's section? Your mum and dad bought it. <laughs> is, is your mother wandering into the wrong... Se- Have you only got a women's section in Aberdeen? Do the, do the men go, oh, I'm not going there. We have to go and find some butch clothes to wear. I reckon your mother went in there and went, oh, that's lovely. Oh, there's a blouse for me. Oh, I can get that for my son. What is his name? And um, and, and that, that's what she's bought. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Bliss yesterday, wasn't it? Bliss. Nobody on the buses. Empty. Uh, the train's empty. You know why? Little kitty winks are off for two weeks. Fantastic. It's lovely. Parents, of course, going, oh, what do we do with them for two weeks? Uh, Steve, hope they catch uh, Majid's attacker. Unfortunately, due to government cutbacks, 90% of the CCTV is now turned off in Westminster. That's all right, Lee. It's outside the theatre. Outside the theatre. And uh, so Soho Theatre have got CCTV all over the place. All over the place. So they will find the person. Uh, He says, um, I can't repeat exactly what he said on his Twitter. He says, tonight I was racially attacked whilst alone outside the Soho Theatre from behind as I bent down to pick up my phone. The white male assailant hit me in the face with maybe a signet ring. The effing P word. As he hit me in the face with maybe a signet ring and ran away like a coward. He took nothing. He was just a racist. I mean, even in this day and age, I'm actually quite, quite shocked by that, that somebody's that thick that they will do it. He says, we will find you, racist coward. And you will face British justice. The police have his face on CT- CCTV. There are witnesses who heard the racial abuse and have given statements. So that's good, isn't it? So, uh, I mean, that is an offence. That is an offence. So he got he got plastered up. And uh, he said, it's OK, though. I'll be OK. We grew up with this. It's the life that forged us. Thank you to all of those who privately messaged me. I just need some space and time alone. Exactly. Mind you, it happened to a friend of mine who works for another one of our stations, walking along in daylight and was attacked by somebody. I mean, they will find... I mean, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody... I mean, I, I can't quite understand the mentality, but I hope they, they, they get him. And uh, and he's absolutely pilloried from pillar to post. I do hope so. I mean, it doesn't say... There's, there's no... I mean, I wouldn't mind, but we're so multicultural in London, it's almost a bit boring now. Every other person is of a different colour, a different race, a different nationality, a different religion. Why they would signal him out, I, I can't imagine. He will be back on set. He will be back on set. Oh, God, he wouldn't miss that opportunity. Oh, God, no, he'll definitely be back. Uh, Jan says, talking about colours, I took my granddaughter out to buy her a coat for Christmas. She wanted a burnt orange one. Burnt orange, my foot. It was ginger. Burnt orange. If you saw his his sort of jumper the other day thing, it definitely doesn't fit. 
It definitely does not fit. I mean, the one today fits better, but uh, he, he's gone off. Now, he, he's, he's, he's on a mission now to do two things. To wash the strawberries, which is just under a tap. We have an ice-cold tap. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm probably going to scrub them, I should imagine. And, and to make me a cup of tea. So we'll wait and see how long, OK? So it's now 24 minutes to five. Let's say he went at 25 to, erring on the side of caution. I mean, did he go before then, do you think? It's been three minutes already. <laughs> it's only literally at the end of that. I mean, seriously, I could go to the toilet and be back in time on the next ad break. He's got to wash up cups. Well, I've got a cup. I don't know why he keeps insisting on... Oh, God, I'll trust you to be different. Anyway, politicians are crying crocodile tears over job losses at Honda. I think three and a half thousand people is quite something to worry about. Especially if you're one of those people who, who's going to be losing their job. You know, we haven't even got into the year properly yet. I know we seem to be racing through it. But, uh, you know, to lose your, uh, to lose your job is, is not nice. MPs and green lobbyists have successfully sabotaged the car industry with uncertainty by saying they'll abolish the internal combustion on engine and by actions of TfL and other authorities around the country. It doesn't sound good, does it, really? It doesn't sound good. Steve, the ISIS bride has been brainwashed, stroke radicalised, spent four years in a war zone, presumably suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, she's no doubt been raped. That would account for having three children in four years, two of which she's lost. She's not in her right mind. She's uh, she's certainly in her right mind. She knew exactly what she was doing. She wasn't radicalised, marginalised, indoctrinated, persuaded, nothing at all. She wanted to go. That's why she went onto the computer to find it. There are a few, few people around there who do things like that, and she wanted to go there. Listen, she made no effort to try and come back in four years. No effort at all. You thought, of, you know, if she really... Were, the truth of the matter is, she sees maybe friends of hers who've been blown up. And, uh, but again, she's not phased by this. She's seen severed heads. She doesn't care. Doesn't care at all. Uh, Gordon says, I too was intrigued by X-ray specs. Never got any. No, I never got any either. But did you know that there was a camera out? It came out some years ago. It, it was, they didn't realise... But it's, um, oh, I can't remember which one it was. Anyway, I, I remember reading the story, and I did it on LBC, and it was something like a little um, a video camera kind of thing. And But when you looked at somebody with it, for some reason, and I can't remember what, whether it was in night vision or something else, you could see through people's clothing. You could see through people's clothing with it. And somebody and they immediately withdrew this thing, because it... Uh, oh, God, what, where's the box gone? What's he done with the box? Has it taken him that long to do the strawberries? Oh, he's brought teas. Oh, right, OK. Great. Is that lovely? Looks, looks lovely. Looks nice. Thank you. Good. Is my tea just sitting in there getting cold or what? I just wondered, really, whether or not you just sort of decided to sort of sit on it. You haven't made me a cup of tea? I think you find I did. You said you want a cup of tea, and I said yes. And that, you've been this long, and I didn't even get a cup of tea. Where are his brains? Oh, he's on one this morning, honestly. Put on the violet top. You, you said you want a cup of tea, and I said yes. And then you bring back, you wash the strawberries and stick them on a plate as supposed to back in the box, and make the producer a cup of tea, and then sit down. I mean... Only made one for yourself. Oh, well, excuse me. What are we calling it now? Scottish Boy Show. It was a green tea, not a tea. It's this sort of Scottish Boys sort of programme now, is it? You know, only make a, you know, for the people who work. Not yet. Not yet. 
Not with the accent, mate. No chance. No chance. I should be campaigning against that one straight away. Ah, so today, haggis for beginners. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind bagpipe lessons. <laughs> oh, dear. 84850, steve at uh, Shane says, get him a compass. I don't think that's going to help, is it, really? Please stop saying... Pro- oh, God, I almost say Please stop saying programme. We all agreed it's the Steve Allen Show. Yeah, but it's a programme. It's a radio programme. might be called the Steve Allen Show, but I promise you that it's definitely, definitely a programme. Or is it a show? Or is it an experience? Who knows? Uh, the Wolves fan. That's that's not... Ooh, that's a, it's a football team, apparently, but I can't remember who... The Wolverhampton Wanderers. There you go, I knew it was. Uh, she's been banned for hurling a pie at rival supporters. She claims it flew out of her mouth when she coughed. How big's her mouth? I mean, sorry, if you've got a pie in your mouth, whole pie, and then you cough, it's just going to fall to your feet. It's not going to hurl it. She threw it. And she knows that she uh, she threw it. Uh, and also, now, am I the only one on this one? There's a landlord's tenants in the paper today fear they'll be evicted if they don't follow balmy rules, which he's laid down, which include hoovering the oven. I've hoovered the oven. I mean, is that an odd thing to do? I thought that was quite normal, actually. I, th- I seriously thought that was... It was a Fuji camera in infrared mode, says Will Guy. I knew he'd know. I remember thinking to myself, so you could aim it at somebody and you could see through their, their clothing. You watch. People will be on Google now. Fuji cameras. <laughs> Where can I get hold of a Fuji camera? You imagine, can't you? We're still having the bromance, I think. Uh, also, uh, poor old Scottish boy says, well, I can't believe that he went... Now, of course, it's going to take him forever. Because he's had to go back to get another cup of tea. So when he went to sit down, I said, oh, you're not bringing the tea in. And it was the producer who said, didn't make you one. I did say yes to a cup of tea, didn't I? I thought so. How can he not remember these things? It's not, it's not complicated. Really? We do our best, don't we? Uh, the Mirror this morning, splitting headache. The Labour turmoil. So there's eight of them now. That's Anne Coffey, Angela Smith, Chris Leslie, uh, Mike Gapes, Luciana Berger, Gavin Shuka and Chuka Amuna. And uh, so Labour Party are in crisis. I mean, to be honest with you, you can't get any sense out of the leader of the Labour Party at the moment. In the same way, you can't get any sense out of the leader of the Conservative Party. I mean, in all this this rubbish going on about this begum uh, jihadi bride, where's, where's the Prime Minister? Biggest story to hit the paper in ages, you know. We're sort of, I mean, perhaps we shouldn't bother next time somebody tries to blow us up. No point in asking her for any advice because she doesn't they seem to know anything at all. Although they do, they do seem to have other things to worry about, don't they? Oh, here we go. Here we go. I think we should be getting the cup of tea any minute. No? Oh, it's a bit difficult to tell, isn't it? But uh, anyway, so also the... Um... You just want to hit him, don't you? I mean, seriously, I never feel violent on this programme, except where you're concerned. You're welcome. Yeah, well, I bet I am. I bet I am. Yes, thank you, Steve, tug of the forelock. Yeah, all that kind of stuff, honestly. You do wonder, don't you, sometimes, honestly? There's people out there, you know, would absolutely be falling over backwards to make me anything like tea, toast, coffee, croissant, pain au chocolat, or something like that. Craig says, bring in a flask. Why don't you go drown your head? (laughs) I don't do flasks. I'm a radio presenter. No radio presenter does flasks. That would be silly. I bring in strawberries. This morning, if you touch one of those strawberries, you're dead. Okay, David. Yeah. 
Yeah, but at least if, if he says go and get me a cup of tea, you remember. I ask, you completely forget. Within about five seconds. I can't quite work out whether or not you've got selective hearing. And don't mumble. I can lip read, remember. They call me in if they do things on the uh, on the the Buckingham Palace balcony. And uh, Richard says, I was a big fan of Jimmy Young, who called his show a prog. Really? I don't remember that, actually. I've got some old tapes of Jimmy Young warming up. And uh, somebody says, do you know what causes sleepwalking? No, I don't. But I did do it. I did do it once. In the rain, I walked out. And I've got a fear of heights, an absolute terrible fear of heights. And I climbed onto our roof. And I sat there with my legs dangling over the edge in my pants. Not, not, not good. Not good at all. And then I had to get somebody to come and let me in again. It's really embarrassing. Because then I sort of, I was sort of, it's, it's not you switch off. It's a case of you're sort of, you're betwixt this world and the next world, I think. So I've got no idea. Uh, a friend of mine used to talk in his sleep as well. And uh, I don't think I've ever spoken in my sleep. All of a sudden somebody goes, uh, uh, Derek. You go, what do they say? Are they actually trying to have a conversation with you or, or not? Talking about the Steve Allen programme, why not the Steve Allen experience? If it's good enough for Jimi Hendrix, says Jan in Lincolnshire, it's certainly good enough for you. The Steve Allen experience. Yeah, I suppose it could be, actually, really, because I think every day. There's a bloke here who's uh, he's a photographer. He's taking a picture of a shark biting a cage. Um, and he's, he's put the camera under the water to capture the shark's mouth opening as it goes to take the uh, the cave. It's very good indeed. I watched a great programme on the BBC last night, or the early hours of this morning, and uh, it was all about animals, uh, little animals being born, and, you know, some trying to get away, and there were yaks and all sorts of things. It was it was very, very good. Very, very good. In fact, it seemed to go on for ages, including they had uh, gorillas, mountain gorillas. They had little gazelle-type creatures who were living on practically a vertical rock. How they get up and down it, I've got no idea. I felt ill even watching. And uh, and they've got uh, they didn't he didn't call them capuchins, capuchins. Have you ever heard that capuchins? Are those capuchin monkeys? Capuchins. I began to wonder whether or not somebody gone. Oh, perhaps that's how you pronounce it. It's capuchin, isn't it? That's what I thought it was. I have been known to be wrong before, but I mean, but not not very often. Capuchin monkeys, capuchins, and it was all over this. But every other word was capuchins. I just began to think perhaps he's, perhaps he's a bit illiterate or something. Or perhaps I've got it wrong. Perhaps that's what they're called. I don't know. Very odd, isn't it? You can't find out, can you? It doesn't, it doesn't sort of give you pronunciation. I know uh, Posh and Bex, but who is Arge? Fat boy fats in the GC, says Mike. Who knows? Arge is... He, he, he's another fat boy fat. And uh, my initial reaction to the ISIS girl story was that she should be left to rot out there, but I guess we have to abide by international law and let her back. She doesn't have a passport. She nicked her sisters. So she pretended to be her sister going out there. Um, and so she doesn't have a passport, so we could leave her. I mean, put it... How long before she's on Loose Women? Oh, immediately. I should imagine the, the producer's already got, uh, got, got a bid in if she comes. Everybody would have a bid in for her. Of course you would. It depends, though, if she, if she goes, goes to prison. Capuchin. We've got a video of somebody saying it. So, it's, it's, so capuchin. And this, is, and this is how you're supposed to say it. Capuchin or capuchin. Capuchin, yeah. It's not... Capuchin or capuchin. Yeah. This programme was wrong. <laughs> right, yet again. And John says, not making a cup of tea for the star presenter. 
should be a sackable offence. I don't just get him on this programme. I get him as well. He started sending texts the other day. Oh, God, I'll say. I'd put a stop to it immediately. Uh, Steve, your radio Shropshire mate probably brings in a flask. Well, he'd have to. He's broadcasting from a tent, isn't he, or something? Uh, Steve, with the Tories falling apart, Labour disintegrating and the Lib Dems non-existent, how the hell are you supposed to be inspired to vote? I don't know. There's, nobody, there's not many left, is there? I, I, I love the way, though, that politicians, they just close their mind. And so Corbyn comes out of his house the other day, and I'm waiting for somebody to say, no, he barges straight past him, gets in the vehicle, shuts the door. Excuse me, matey. We're paying your wages. At least have the decency and the courtesy to respond to people. I mean, not a difficult thing, is it? Unless, of course, you don't have any answers. In which case, there could be an absolute avalanche of people leaving. Uh, Del Boy, the only Fools and Horses musical. The uh, tickets are going now. They start at 22 quid at the box office, but you can buy them online for up to £600. Good Lord, I mean, that is an absolute fortune. Probably worth it, because they say it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, There's a Gruffalo coin, a set of limited edition coins marking the Gruffalo's 20th anniversary from the Royal Mint, which is good. I gave my brother some... uh, I bought quite a few coins from the Royal Mint. I bought some Paddington Bear coins, which are very good. I like those. Gave them to my brother and his uh, his girlfriend, soon-to-be wife. Very exciting. And there's a... Can a cat be strawberry blonde and white? There's a picture of a cat in the paper today in Polly Hudson's uh, page. And she says, this is Clive, who's a strawberry blonde and white cat. No, he's not. He's ginger. He's ginger. There's no such thing as strawberry, st- strawberry blonde. He's a ginger cat. You can see he's a ginger cat. But um, he, he, he could be cat of the week, they say. Wow. But he, uh, he, he's quite aggressive, but he obviously reads the mirror. Because the, the owner's propped up a copy of the mirror next to him. But, I mean, he's not strawberry blonde. He's a ginger cat, OK, with little white bits on. Uh, also talking about his uh, his uh, show, his personal trauma, Nicky Campbell. However happy your adoption is, there's a nagging sense of rejection. I've had moments. He's talked about this quite a lot in the past. It's certainly nothing. nothing. Have I missed something? Oh, Lord, honestly, it's your fault. Absolutely. Don't sit there and go, what, me? you wearing that ridiculous Elizabeth Taylor jumper. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to have your company. Welcome along. It's five to... No, it's not. It's six minutes to five. So the good news is the trains are empty. Actually, I didn't notice the fact that the trains were empty. Did you notice yesterday? Does it make... I mean, if, if you're driving in London, does it make any difference? Does it really make any difference if people are sort of whizzing around? I mean, because the, the kids are not at school and they're not on buses, but we don't actually see that many young people on buses at all. We really don't. You, you, you sort of see, you see the four-by-fours and you see them on the trains, but I don't tend to see them on the buses in the morning, unless they seem to come in from somewhere else. So was your journey easier yesterday? Because you've got two weeks of it, in which case we all get terribly excited and we go, oh, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. Did you see yesterday Joe Lysette? Is it Joe Lysette? He's doing this sewing programme. He's kind of taken it to a new level, which is sort of elevated from where it was before because the papers are full of the fact that they want to get people sewing again and knitting and doing all the sorts of things which years ago people did, as a matter of fact, and then they kind of fizzled out and nobody bothered with them. And uh, and that other bloke, whose name I can never remember, somebody told me about it, Tom, is it Tom somebody? He's wearing, he's a very smart dresser, Tom Allen. 
Very, very smart dresser. And they put him on a programme the other day where everybody had dressed down on the panel except him. And he said, I feel I've, I've wanted into another show, he said, because he's always immaculate. Always immaculate. Uh, 84850, 84850. Pips says, uh, fat boy fat. Well, uh, have you said he needs to lose seven stone. Seven stone. He said that. If he loses seven stone, then he, he thinks that he can get... Um, he can get onto the Dancing on Ice programme. That's a huge amount of weight, seven stone. How's he going to do it? I can't believe GC of Lately says, Ryan, she's urging her fans to chuck dieting. I know, I thought that was an odd one. Having told us about dieting's good and this kind of thing, then she had a shop that uh, that sold clothes for the fuller figure. But after she left, two and a half, or 2.6 million people stopped watching the Dancing on Ice. I mean, do you think 2.6 million people watched it, hoping that she'd fall over each and every time? I don't know. I don't know. And uh, when you mention Scottish boy, I cannot get Hootsmon by Lord Rockingham out of my head, says Tom. That's the one that goes... Hootsmon. Probably came out in the 60s, I should imagine. And how about, says Mizzy, Scottish boy having a tease made? The reason you can't... It's because the noise they make. I don't know if you've ever heard the noise on uh, on teas made. When the water goes from one to the other, it goes from the pot and it then goes into the other thing. I begin to wonder whether or not, you know, that's the thing that wakes you up. Not the cup of tea, which is the way it's supposed to be, because my auntie used to have one by the side of the bed. And I remember thinking, what, a, what an exotic thing to have. What an exotic thing to have. A teas made. A teas made. And you can, you can still buy them. They still exist. Richard says calling a, a cat Clive is another example of animal cruelty. We had a tabby and called it Sammy. Yes, I mean, it's, is Clive an acceptable name for a cat? What? Yours is called Norman, you see. A cat called Norman. Do you think the cat goes to all the other cats around? It's not really my name. They just call me that. It's an affectionate name. Norman the cat. Is it a tabby or is it uh, ginger or... They generally are, aren't they? It's a huge tabby. But they generally are tabby. Tabby is ginger, isn't it? Tab- Cabby's ginger, or am I thinking about another cat? Brownish, OK. They all look the same cats. When, when they're little kittens, they're absolutely gorgeous. And then they sort of grow up and some get to be huge. Uh, Jan says, talking about ginger cats, we had a ginger and white one when we lived in Australia called Whiskey. He was huge and used to bring us presents home. Birds. Mice. One day he excelled himself by dragging in a huge pet rabbit. <gasps> yes, a friend of mine... <laughs> Used to have a well, she's still got the cat, and it used to bring in decapitated squirrels and stuff like that. She used to freak her out, I think. Ref the strawberry blonde and white cat. Did they get it for a catalogue? Says Tony and Didcot. Well, it's it's not strawberry blonde. I don't think cats can be strawberry blonde. They're ginger. It looks ginger. It doesn't. It doesn't not look ginger. It it looks ginger to me. But they call it strawberry blonde. I had a friend of mine who was ginger, but he called himself strawberry blonde. Which is, it's okay if you're a woman, you can be strawberry blonde. Because I was, about to say, I was about to say, actually, that you don't... Women don't fall into the ginger category. They can be called strawberry blonde. So there you go. Uh, Lynn says, my boyfriend watched TV with my dad whilst I went to bed early, only for me to reappear later naked and demanding they move off the sofa. My dad said, it's all right, son, ignore her. She's sleepwalking. Never seen me naked before and did so in front of my dad. Yes, you've got to be careful of sort of sleepwalking when, when you go to bed with no clothes on. Always make sure you've got some clothes on, please. Coming up shortly, the news at five o'clock this morning. Uh, the splitting headache. Seven 
Labour MPs quit over Brexit stance and the anti-Semitism allegations. Corbyn disappointed, but Deputy Watson, Tom Watson, who's booze in for James O'Brien today? He's in tomorrow. Everly Thornbury's in today, but Tom Watson's in tomorrow, so you can question him on that. He says more may follow. Uh, Noel and Liam are really very bitter. They're going to war over footage of Oasis songs. And uh, again, the row rumbles on. You wish that they didn't, because they were so much better when they were talking to each other. Now they uh, they don't bother. And uh, Tour de Farce, the spotlight on our quirky towns. All of that and more, other side of the news, which is next on LBC. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, Jane says, could I have Scottish boy's job? My dad always used to say, I couldn't make a decent cup of tea. He can make the tea. It's he just forgets when you ask for it. Oh, by the way, according to the Mirror, what do we what do we say on the Honda jobs? We said three and a half thousand. The Mirror says sixteen thousand jobs are at risk. Where are they coming from? Is that everything? Is that all? I mean, is that every output that they've they've got around the world? I don't know. Uh, Fern is talking about the TV guest. Uh, that's Fern Britton, who forced me to kiss him. She says uh, in a lift, in a lift assault. Uh, more on the uh, the ISIS bride defending the terror attack that killed 22. Perhaps she's not well, but I'm, I'm inclined to think that maybe she knows exactly what she's talking about. She seems to be saying exactly what ISIS would be putting out there, if indeed you could put it out. Uh, Steve, is it not time, says Shell in Slough, that the Euro Millions is capped at 50 million? The prize is quite high. We're almost in the realms of American-style lottery. Why not 20 millionaires weekly? The reason it's gone that high is it's nigh on impossible nigh on impossible to win. It seriously is. And uh, Donnie says, enjoyed a few glasses of the Louis Ruderer champagne with the grandmother last night. Sandy, most enjoyable. Real treat. I, d- I think I must have had some champagne at some point. David in Crouch End says, never mind a cat called Norman. There's a 1955 film called An Alligator Named Daisy with Margaret Rutherford, Donald Sindon, Diana Dawes, Stephen Boyd and Jeannie Carson who sings I'm in love for the very first time. A very popular song in its day. What's that got to do with a cat called Norman? <laughs> Actually, there was a film called Norman, Is That You? Did you ever see it? Donald says a, a, a mongrel cat named Clive Norman would be a great film critic. <laughs> and uh, my... my is named after, Norman is named after Norman Bates. Wait a minute, was Norman Bates... Is he violent? Oh, that's psycho, that's psycho. Doesn't he run a motel, his mother's dead upstairs in one of the rooms? I never saw that film. And your cat's aggressive. I just don't... If somebody says, my cat's called Sapphire. Is that OK? Well, if, well, if, if it's the cat's name, yes. How long does it take for an animal to actually... You know when you go to um, a sort of a rescue centre to get a cat or a dog? I wonder actually, really, whether or not you sort of, you pick out a dog or a cat. Let's say, let's say you pick out a cat and they go, here it is. And you go, we're going to call it Pussykins. And the cat goes, I'm called... Lady or something like Do you think the cat then goes, why are they calling me another name? doesn't make any sense. Viv says our cat's called Dennis because he's got a striped coat and he's a very naughty boy. You've, you've got a tiger there, I think, or something like that. Uh, my old Moggy would sit in the corner and stare at the wall for hours when it sulks at Andrew in Cheam. We discovered the other day wasn't Andrew in Cheam. We only discovered that the other day. <laughs> uh, I've had a few cats over the years, says little Julie, including Jeeves and Wooster. Alas, Jeeves no longer with us. How long do they last? How long do cats last? Do they go for many, many years? Or is it... Your older one's... Is that 16 
human years, what, what would that be in cat years? Is it times four or three or something like that? I don't know, because they, they have to age at a different different rate. So as I say, after oh, we sort of lost, lost the dog, it was about 112, I think. Uh, Steve says, uh, I'm on the, the A12 from Clapton. I had a dog called Dave. Dave the dog. <laughs> Dave the dog. Dave. It doesn't quite... Actually, I suppose that's as, as logical as everybody else's. Logical. The cat next... 108. Wow. That's quite something, isn't it, really? I think if a cat can go that long... Mind you, you have to be quite devoted to have a cat, don't you? I think. Look, although, although they always say cats look after themselves... They don't. You don't own them. They own you. And dogs, you've got to look after because they they go. I'll, I'll go and chase a stick, and then they come back again. I've got a short-haired, dark-stroke, light, white ginger boy. He's got strawberry blonde, long hair, delinquent, one eye, beautiful younger brother called Winky. You sound quite mad, actually. I've never known anybody with so many complications in a cat. My cat's called Andy after Andy Murray. Says Janice in Ilford. Is that an acceptable name? Not really, no. Not Andy. Andy for a cat. Andy! Oh, you could, I suppose, yes. I've thought about it. The cat next door is called Rodney, says uh, Shane. Steve, my cat's called Basil. Basil. I used to love that, honestly. Only fools and horses. They don't make him any better, do they, really? But uh, Rodney for a, for a cat. Good name. Good name. I think we could, we could probably go with that. Uh, 84850, uk. Daily Mail this morning on the front page. A picture of uh, Jeremy Corbyn coming back from... Well, it's either been to the allotment or he's been to the supermarkets because they say seven decent MPs resigned from the party. They brand institutionally anti-Semitic led by a man who's a threat to national security. And where was Mr Corbyn on the eve of the historic schism down at the allotment? I mean, I'm not sure if he really was or he'd just been out just to do some shopping. Uh, the transgender star giving the BBC drama a very modern twist. This is Baptiste, which I haven't seen. She says nobody's ever sort of, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a bit embarrassed. It's always been a, a bit of a secret, but I mean, she looks fantastic. This is uh, Talisa Garcia in a picture she shared on social media and then a picture of... Until she was 18, she was Joseph, but she looks roughly the sort of the same. She underwent gender reassignment at the age of 18 and admits she worried she would never be a normal woman. She looks fantastic. She's uh, Chilean and uh, she stars as the brothel madam Kim Vogel. So, but that doesn't matter, does it? It really doesn't matter. Joe in Torquay says, my dog's called Mr Baggins as his ears are bigger than him. Mr. I don't get that. Is that Bilbo Baggins? What was that? Is that Hobbit? Has he got big ears then or something? It's the only film I've never seen, actually. I once met a cat who was 27, says James. How do you know? <laughs> the cat go, I'm 27, you know. And you go, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> might be, might be. 27, that's, I mean, that's practically a cat on its last legs, isn't it? But uh, they had a thing. I was watching a thing on the telly the other day and I didn't know whether it was a documentary or whether it was... Or it was whether it was just a sort of a piece of fiction, and it was a woman who actually gets in the car. She's she's on her way back from um, the uh, the vets, and so the, the driver of the car says, and that's what I wasn't really sure what what it was. Says, oh, um, very very, uh, what's in there? Cat or a dog? And she went, dog. And he went, oh. He said, it's very very quiet, isn't it? And she said, it's not in there. And I thought. Oh, he's been put to S-L-E-E-P. Uh, Will, Will Guyatt's adopted a stray cat called Tony. That doesn't make any sense at all, doesn't it? The Guyatt, so it's called Tony Guyatt. <laughs> he 
You have to watch cats near near babies, don't you? Because they're inclined to just sort of sleep all over them. You don't. You have to. You have to be very careful. And also, they've got um, uh, they've got fur and and hairs which sort of come off, which I suppose you could be allergic to. Uh, Andrew from Cheam does exist. Yes, not in the form we thought though. <laughs> Bus stop Carol hallucinates. I think not. I think not. Um, wait a minute, I have, to, I have to read this out to myself. Just, no, I can't read that one, I just realised. <laughs> Our cat's called Stanley, says Johnny Boy. Stanley, I think Stanley the cat's OK. Did I get the other one or not? Did I not get it? Was it... Oh, right, you've got to explain it to me in the break. I'm obviously not quite bright on these things. Yeah, I didn't. I, that's why I sort of I looked at it. and I thought, oh, is, is that one? Uh, is that one readable or not? Uh, GP has dis, has can't even remember now, has prescribed gardening therapy to help the lonely. So if you're lonely, gardening therapy is very good for you. And uh, now, what's this one here? Is this still? I can't work out if this case is still running. Blah blah blah. It might be. It's uh, it's somebody who collects a lot of beautiful cars. I mean, literally beautiful cars. I've never seen so many lovely cars. In my life. And uh, would you wear a watch? There was a couple who were robbed the other day as they go back to their house in Tottenham. And he's got a ring on. Uh, no, a watch. And I think it could be a very expensive watch. Would you ever wear an expensive watch? You know, when I say expensive, 60, 70,000 pounds. Would you wear that? I wouldn't. I'd be terrified that somebody would be trying to take that off your wrist. Steve the Milkman says, I have a dog. His name is Shark. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have taken them to the beach. It caused mass panic. <laughs> shark! Shark! <laughs> There's always one, isn't it? I think that's actually quite good. Uh, Steve, cat smothering children is an old wives' tale. No record of any incident. Um, cat smothering children? Are there any incidents on the, uh, on the internet? Um, Steve, uh, Basil the Rat was in Faulty Towers. Not full- I didn't say it was in... Uh, Fools and horses. Did I? I just said, Basil, Basil. <laughs> it can only be. Uh, are we going all local radio with this call in on your cat's name, says Dallas? No, 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 absolutely. Little Dave says it's like listening to local radio. I know. And what's your cat called? We could do the Mrs Slocum line, couldn't we? So I don't think we will. Uh, as a child, says Kevin, the milkman, we had a black and white cat called Whiskey. She went missing one day. My dad had to wander around the building site behind the cows calling out her name. You can imagine the looks he got. She turned up later that day, stuck under the bed. I think shark is the best one, though, Kevin. You can't beat shark. Bit of a mistake taking it to the beach, you know. Shark! Shark! People throw themselves out the water. (laughs) I don't know why, actually. I don't know why that sort of appeals to me. And then there's a bloke called William. And uh, William goes to get um, some eggs. And he goes to Waitrose. And uh, and he buys a box of, of eggs, which look quite nice, actually. Unfortunately, one of them hatches. One of them, I mean, I don't know how that works out. He comes from Sutton Coalfield. He bought the uh, the Braddock Whites, the free-range duck eggs, placed them under a, an incubator Woo-hoo. from eBay. He says, the duckling is adorable. It's already making quacking noises. I'm amazed a supermarket egg has actually hatched. When you put it under an incubating light, what did you think it was going to do? Turn into a, a sideshow. And um, so he's, he's, he's got it. How he's going to cope with it, I've got no idea. He says, when it grows a little larger, the ducklings will go to live at a nearby farm where there are rescue ducks and a pond. Yeah, you've got to feed it first. And believe you me, that's where there's trouble. 
Because you remember that I didn't know what to feed ducklings because what they have to do is they have to be in a river or a pond because they put food in and they dive down to the bottom and pick up uh, little stones. And that's what... You see, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But um, it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? But, I mean, it's, it's very cute. I mean, it's, it's a very cute little thing. They, they do look quite cute, ducklings. And I suppose, in theory, it probably thinks that this, this 14-year-old boy is its mummy. That's what he must be thinking. They're so cute. But I've never heard of that. I mean, very rarely do they uh, do they actually hatch. Uh, Steve, never seen Psycho? No. No, I'm not. I don't do horror films. I know it sounds slightly strange, but I've, I've never been remotely interested in a horror film. I There's no point in me sitting there and frightening myself. Seriously. And so your producer's never seen. No, you've never seen it either. So a minute ago, we've all, what was the thing we'd all seen, which I hadn't seen? What was the thing? That's right, Life of Mars. We've all seen Life of Mars. Now, nobody has seen Psycho in the studio. Nobody. Why would you want to frighten yourself? I've only seen little bits of The Birds. That was, and that turned out to be a different film. Uh, when the Don't Watch Alone series ran and everybody else at home had retired, guess what I did without knowing any spoilers? You've had it spoiled for you. Have you seen Arsenic and Old Lace? Yes. Yes. I called my dog Stay. Really confused him when I used to say, come here, stay. Uh, Richard in Wapping says Mrs Slocum never revealed the name of her pussy. No, she didn't. She didn't. It didn't appear to have a name. But uh, we seem to hear all about it on every single programme. Uh, Steve, any thief, says Pablo, is welcome to my five ninety nine Casio watch. Need to buy a new strap, though. Yeah, I, mean, I can't stand people who wear £100,000 watches. I mean, that's, that's a seriously expensive watch to have on your wrist, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, no, I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have, no, sorry, I was just, uh, just checking on something. I, did, I didn't read something out because I didn't, and then the producer went, ah, he, he saw it and I didn't. Uh, somebody says, I thought I'd just seen you on the M6 in the road. Well, I'm on the radio. Why would we have to be on the M6? I mean, that's a bit of a silly thing to say, isn't it? Who's that? Is that a regular person thinking they've seen me on a motorway? Uh, there's no hogging, not at 70 miles an hour. No? <laughs> we like reading out these things. This goes back to a conversation from three weeks ago about doing 70 miles an hour on the motorway. And, of course, you're supposed to go on the inside lane, which we're well aware of. But it's just if you're doing 70 miles an hour, I can't weave in and out. Uh, Paul says, uh, Mrs Slocum's pussy was referred to as Tiddles. Well, I've watched all of it and I don't remember that at all. I really don't remember that. I mean, I've, I've, I've got the box set and, uh, and she never did it. Once they discovered that they could get away with it, they then threw it into every episode. You know, there was, there was every, every joke you could ever think of, every double entendre actually came up to it. But I don't remember it being referred to as Tiddles. Is it online? When was that? In what episode was that? Because I thought I knew all of the episodes. I thought she would just sort of... I mean, some of that I can't repeat it, obviously, at this time of the morning. But uh, because it, you would think it would be rude. But, of course, they, they put it out uh, during children's time on the television. This, this wasn't after a watershed or anything like that. Uh, in the same way that, you know, Mr Humphreys, they didn't want him. And the BBC said, you can take them out. And, and they said, well, if, if, if he's out, then you don't get the series. And so eventually the BBC relented, which is very, very strange, actually. And, um, and then Mr Humphreys, but they said he wasn't really gay. He was just a mummy's boy, which was a, the way they used to describe it. Oh, I'll tell you what I saw the other day on the television. I don't know if you saw it. It's a programme on collectibles, people who collect things. But these are people who are 
way and above anything you can ever think of. One was um, a guy, 35, I think, and his little cottage, he turned into an Edwardian house with all the, 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 the range, the furniture, everything. It was all of the period. It was fantastic. And then also he built a shop at the end. It used to be a shop and he'd restocked it with everything. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And uh, he had a, he'd found a little bit of original wallpaper. And so he then took a bit of that, took it to a, a graphic artist. The graphic artist copied it and they were able to duplicate this paper so they could be as accurate as possible. But the, the best was yet to come with a bloke who collected computers. He had four huge sheds, like barns, in the ground of his house, and each one was full of computers. You know, computers that you thought went up, because when you look at the size of computers that we had years ago, they were huge. Now you look at them and everything's been miniaturised. I mean, absolutely, just amazing, mainly because you probably recognise if you're over a certain age them. And there were two people. One is Jasmine. I can't remember what she does. I think she might do a... Home in the Sun or place, uh, things like that, who was very, very good. And some bloke who was obviously trying to draw attention to himself, but who I'd never heard of. But uh, it was a very good programme. Very, very interesting. Very interesting because it was done properly, not, oh, here are a few people and they, they've saved up uh, things. Uh, is Molly Sugden still alive, Bella? No, she's not. I'm afraid not. But uh, Bella says, I always like watching repeats of the old sitcoms. They were amazing. But uh, no, she died a few years ago. Nearly ten years ago. Gosh, it seems ages. She popped up in all sorts of things. Mind you, I was watching a film the other day, an old black and white film, and Ronnie Barker turned up as a waiter. You know, early, early, early Ronnie Barker, which was very interesting. Uh, The railway worker scooped £2.5 million on the lottery some years ago. A few years have gone by. Now plans to return to work. Bought the house, the car, did the holidays and all the rest of it, and then decided that to impress the children, decided to go back to work. Which I thought was amazing. You know, because some people, because people get bored. People get very bored with things. They sort of go, oh, you know, oh, there's a cat again. Now, why are we doing a cat all the time? So that's a Siamese cat. I always wanted a Siamese cat, but they shed hairs quicker than... We used to have a white cat called Candy. I don't know why, because I can't remember where we got Candy from. It just sort of appeared, I think, at home. And, um, and then Candy was long-haired. She used to have to brush her. Because there were hairs everywhere, all over the settee, over the... Oh, dear, it was a nightmare. But I, I told you that the story is she did actually wander away from home at one time. She, she wandered away and we, she disappeared. We had to put a notice in the paper, the local paper, and somebody contacted her and said, a white cat turned up on our doorstep. I mean, she'd walked about six miles. She'd found a house. I mean, she picked a really super house. And when we went up there to collect her, because we knew it was her straight away, uh, you could see the cat going, they found me. <laughs> You could see the look of disappointment on her face because she walked all the way down this long hall, which was beautifully done with a, a nice bright red carpet and everything else. And it was a big house. It was a big Georgian house. And the, the carpet ran all the way from the front door to the back door. And you could see her going, oh, God, I'm going back to their house. Which actually, well, nothing the matter with our house. It was very big. But it was uh, that was quite a walk that she'd done. How she got that far away, I've got no idea. But you know what cats are like now? They seem to have minds of their own. They've got dogs in the paper today. Dogs who wandered away from home. And then somebody has um, uh, said, our dog came back after like two years away, three years away, four years away. Amazing stories. And on YouTube, you'll find loads of dogs reunited with their owners. Uh, what else do we have? So, Oh, yes, more infants, children, being plonked in front of the telly than was the case 20 years ago. 
So nowadays, because there's so much choice on there, you've got the cartoon channel and everything else, and so kids just sit there, and they, they just fall asleep in front of the telly. And it's a way of mums keeping them quiet. I think that's how it works anyway. Uh, Simon Cowell splashes out on a party for son Eric, and uh, it's uh, a £30,000 party. I don't think Eric will appreciate the fact it's a £30,000 party, but it sound, sounds quite good fun. I mean, to, to Simon, £30,000 is absolutely nothing. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes. Uh, high, high, high drama Life on Mars. This is the one that they've all seen except me. Everybody's seen it. They're going to make it for the Chinese market. So that's good news. I wonder if it'll be, So if they're going to make it for the Chinese market, that will be with Chinese actors, I'm assuming, as opposed to just adapting ours and, uh, and dubbing. Uh, also, 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 um, oh, the king who needed a sex coach. The lacklustre love life of Henry VI. I can't remember what happened to him. I should imagine he must have died at some point. But uh, he, uh, he he wasn't very good in the bedroom department. Mind you, I mean, Henry VIII wasn't much good in the bedroom department. There must have been an absolute nightmare for everybody. Uh, there's also the story in the paper today of the single jab, the single injection that can save millions of people from going blind. I mean, that has got to be one of the best things. You know, it's like cataract operations, but to stop people going blind is is nothing short of a miracle. The stuff that they, they do nowadays. I was watching some helicopter uh, medics the other day in this country, and um, they were literally going to all sorts of accidents. Some bloke had fallen uh, from a crane onto a ship. Some woman had fallen out of a, a bedroom window. Uh, somebody had come off his bicycle at high speed and had seriously damaged his, his brain. And uh, they had all sorts of problems with these people. But by God, I tell you, they worked like, like Trojans to save people. It was, it was quite something, quite, quite something. And the sailor who kissed the woman in that famous Times Square photo at the end of the Second World War has died at the age of 95 because that, that photo went around the world. Uh, Andrew, not called Andrew, uh, says, My cat travelled to Birmingham back in my neighbour's car. What, it climbed in and it didn't know where it was going or it just climbed in and they went, should we take the cat to Birmingham? <laughs> Donny says, I'm a big fan of my girlfriend, Louise's cat, Jess. I hope Louise doesn't dump me, otherwise I won't be able to see Jess anymore. <laughs> Sometimes you worry, don't you? Sometimes you worry. <laughs> Wait a minute, who had a cat called Jess? Postman Pat, of course. Post, post-person, Pat. Do we have to say post-person, Pat? Yes. Oh, how funny. How funny. Postman Pat and his black and white cat called Jess. I bet, you know, I bet you anything, there are loads of people who have cats called Jess. Named after, it's like, you know, whenever there's a popular name. I mean, for a certain era, there's lots of people called Kylie. Lots of people called Jason. Because people see somebody on the... Uh, uh, on the on the television. Chris Packham collects chairs. They're not for sitting on. No, no. They're for admiring from a distance. I'm sorry, I missed the point on that one. Is it, was, there, was there a gag on that one that I've missed? I, I know the song, From a Distance. I don't know whether or not the word chair comes into it. What was that taken from? That was a film where somebody dies, I think. Bette Midler singing From a Distance. From a distance, God is watching you. God, I can't remember the rest of it is. Wasn't that taken from... Oh, gold. That, that Midler singing from a distance. Taken from the film called... called everybody's shouting it and we, we, we can't remember what it is. We're, we're racking our brains. 
Is it not taken from a film? Is it? Oh, right. OK, yeah. I mean, somebody will know. We, we can't find it. Can you help us out on this one? From a distance. Bette Midler, what film? Does it not say... If you type in from a distance, Bette Midler, does it not tell you what film it is? Well, it's ridiculous. I'm sure it was from the film where somebody... I don't know. I've just got this feeling about somebody dying. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Very rarely. Is it not... It is in film, but does it not tell you what it is? It's, I'll put it this way. Type in Bette Midler films. There's, a, there's only the one film, isn't there? And it's, it's not Beaches. Is it Beaches? I've just got this feeling. It's, it's a one word. It's uncanny, isn't it? Sometimes. Where does that come from? I think I've only ever seen it once. And I, just, I just remembered it was one word. I couldn't. Yes, if you're about, about to text Beaches, please don't. I'll save you the text. Save you because we might need you a little bit later on, actually. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I've got something wrong. I've got to hold my hands up. I can't remember who told me. I thought half term was two weeks. Apparently, it's only one week. So there you go. But, I mean, sorry if you were offended by the fact that it only lasts a week. Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't make any difference. Two weeks, one week. Listen, if, if you sort of go and drink a bottle of Prosecco, you can pretend it's two weeks. If you don't go out for the second week, that could be brilliant. The episode, says Paul, when Mrs Slocum slept over in the Grace Brothers store as her flat had been flooded, she brought the cat with her in a basket. No, no, I don't think it had been flooded. No, she was sleeping over. Wait a minute, if memory serves me correctly. She was moving, but the place she was moving to had squatters. And so she had nowhere to stay. So they had to bring all her furniture back, and they had her something set up upstairs. So she brought the cat in in a basket. But it didn't snarl at people. It was the tail that was sticking out. There was no rest of the cat. Uh, it was just the tail. And it would go, Wah! like that. And they all sort of leapt back, I remember, when they were sort of putting their hands fakely in, in between the, uh, in the bars. So that's why you're right, Paul. You definitely need to get out more. But he says it was definitely referred to as Tiddles. I didn't think it had a name. I mean, some of the things she said, I can't even repeat them. You know, uh, got to do a presentation today, says Gary in Woolwich. Bag of nerves. Any advice? Don't do it. Don't do it. Presentations are terrible, aren't they? That's like, um, I don't know. If you're doing, I mean, is, is this, is, do they call that a PowerPoint presentation? And that's, are you working with the, I remember when we got one at our school, an overhead projector, you know, which sort of did away effectively with the blackboards and rubbers and, you know, uh, for rubbing off the, the chalk and bits of chalk. And when you think about it, it must be so messy. You could always spot, uh, spot school teachers. They were covered in chalk dust, covered in chalk dust. And especially we used to have a little man who used to do um, religious instruction or education. It was either R.I. or R.E. called Mr. Capernes. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, Mr. Capernes was a Belgian teacher who taught us French. There was this other bloke, and he would throw the rubber at you. He would literally turn round. He, he could hear people chatting away, and he'd turn round, he'd throw the, the chalk thing for the way, so you'd get covered in chalk dust. And, you know, we never complained. We never complained about chalk dust. We really didn't. Probably should have done. Actually, in this day and age, I don't think you can hit people, can you? No, we well, could in my day. In my day, you, you could be right outside... And you'd be sent outside the classroom and then you, you'd peer in the window. There was always a little square of glass and you could little peer in and everybody's looking at you and go, Stephen's outside, miss, like that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then if you were really bad, off to the headmaster's office. And you'd go and stand outside the headmaster's office 
until uh, somebody had come out and go, yes, what are you doing here? And you'd go, I've been sent here by so-and-so, so-and-so. Right, wait there. And then they would go down and check on why you'd been sent up there. And then and then you either got... It was six of the best. It never was six of the best, actually. It was, it was never six of the best. I think it used to be about three. Bloody hurt. <laughs> they used to flex these canes. You could probably buy them somewhere. I mean, people pay good money for that nowadays, don't they? Uh, there are certain websites which actively encourage people being hit with a stick. I don't quite get it myself, but, you know... I never understood bondage in the first place. We didn't get sort of too much of it. But, uh, you know, you come home from, and you'd never tell your parents, never tell your parents that you'd had the cane because that meant that you'd been uh, been naughty and nobody wanted to be seen by their parents. Overhead projectors, Steve, they went out in the 1990s, didn't they? I don't know, Donnie, I, I can't remember. I just remember thinking it was good and they wrote it on uh, sort of this film in felt-tip pen and then they could just wipe it off. And they used them, yeah, when you were at school. Oh, right. We thought it was quite posh, actually. We thought it was quite posh. We did um, still in Scotland, of course, and because uh, mainly the ones that we that we all got rid of from down here. We sort of well, I don't know what they have now actually, but we had a a, a blackboard. It wasn't just a blackboard. It it rolled, so you can they have what we have in the office, which is what oh like the oh the radar presentation. Very clever. Seriously, very clever. But, I mean, we thought that was the height of fashion, an overhead projector. Mind you, we used to hate it. Oh, I tell you what we hated. What we hated the most, and I never thought about it at the time. Thought about it, you know, ever since, but at the time we never thought about it. We used to have to have games, uh, which meant if if the weather was okay, you were outside, and if the weather was not okay, then you went into the gymnasium, and they would play pirates, which meant you bring out all the gym equipment... And somebody's it, and then they have to catch people, and then there's two of them chasing you, and so it goes on. And, and it can be quite quite riotous and very, very exciting. And then at the very end of it, you'd have to go back and uh, and get changed. But they wouldn't let you just get changed. You had to have a shower. You know, because I think that some boys, I don't, I don't think they ever had showers from one week to the next. So they used to make them have showers at the end of games. And, of course... You know, when you get to a certain age, you don't really want to go in the showers, do you? So you whiz round as quick as possible so you don't really get too wet. Because most people never turned up with a towel. But the master always used to have spare towels, so there was no excuse. And if he didn't think you looked wet enough, he'd make you go round again. It was all very embarrassing, very embarrassing. I suppose now, I don't know whether they even have showers at school. Do they have showers at school? Do they? Well, not. Yeah, but also the thing in our school, I don't know if it's indicative of our school, you weren't allowed to wear swimming trunks with the showers. You had to run round naked. Oh, yours was, oh, well, oh. and that was less than 20 years ago. Yeah, mine, yeah, all right, what are you saying? Mine was very early. Yes, they haven't changed. But it, it, the master used to say, because you used to get some boys who'd turn up in their swimming trunks, and he'd go, take them off. And we'd all go, oh, God. It was, that's why you used to run round as quick as possible. You know, if you're about 14, 15... Dreadful. I suppose they're probably still doing that in Aberdeen, I should imagine. You know, the naked fell run and stuff like that. We thought it was... At the time, we didn't think it was odd. We just thought it was embarrassing. That's the only thing we thought of. And the master would stand there, making sure that you'd been round the shower to get properly wet. But as I say, I think a lot of the boys came from houses where they didn't have, um, you know, proper showers and facilities like that. So people didn't bother. Shane says, uh, me and a friend of mine got six... Of the best for dodging sport. Blum, you weren't allowed to dodge sport in my day. <laughs> have your, have, unless you were really ill. 
unless you're really ill. And so sometimes you get boys turning out and they go, bins minor, go and get changed. I didn't bring my gym kit, sir. And so he'd say, well, you have to do it in your pants then. And they'd make you do it in your pants. I mean, it was, it was really, when you think about it, I mean, it was really bizarre. And actually, strangely enough, the school I went to, one of many, uh, is now a sports academy. Multisex. It was a boys' school when I went to it. Now it's a sports academy. I went up there about three years ago just to have a look at it. It's so strange. You know when you go back to schools that you used to go to years ago and you, and you take a friend and you go, I remember that bit there and I remember that bit there and, and that was the, the toilet block and this was... And the one thing I always remember about school days, the smell of cabbage. You could always smell cabbage in the corridors. But we'd have to... Fill, at the beginning of each week, you'd spend ages working out which lessons you're doing on the timetable, so so you first of all first, first lesson on a Monday morning, and uh, and it was maths. Everybody hated maths. Everybody hated maths. You know, I was always looking for something a little bit easier. Sounds like your master was a bit of a pervert, Steve. They were all like it. This was quite normal. The, the producer had exactly the same, and they were at school a lot, a lot sooner, in the year two thousand, early two thousand. So it was still going on then. Still going on there. Now, I should imagine in Scotland they made you run outside on the fells and go and collect a roe deer or something and sort of we'd swim in locks with the sort of backpack on and everything else. Your mother sitting there on your shoulder, hanging on. I guess or two. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, just making it up. Making it up, though. I mean, but mind you, they do do that. Do you remember when they did the programme about the... Was it the Marines? And and you suddenly realise why Prince Edward couldn't manage it because you had to get up at the crack of dawn. They would they would cook, they would wake you up at like two in the morning. Everybody outside pouring with rain. Okay, we want fifty press ups. I'm sorry, fifty press ups. Come on, Alan. Fifty. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm not doing press ups. Do them. And then they would take you up into the into the moors. And they would they would. You'd have to take all your clothes off. Somebody, there's a lot of this taking taking your clothes off. And uh, and then you had to go through. A lock, not necessarily a lock, but a lake or something like that. Freezing cold in the middle of winter with, with your pack on. I mean, what sort of sadist made you do that? Dreadful. Steve, when I was uh, at school, a lot of us were caned in the first aid room. Bit odd, really, says Richard. Yeah, ours was always the headmaster's study. And you knew that you, you were heading in that direction because you'd look and you could see. Because I wasn't very good at sort of back chatting. I could have been. Could have been, but I wasn't really. And then you'd, and you'd have it and you could see the just by the door there was like that umbrella stand thing with the canes there was his umbrella and a walking stick and the cane and they were very bendy bendy they went and he would go swish swish and you used to think oh my god father this is gonna be a nightmare when you're at prep school it was terrible steve again yes we had showers and i was at school 15 years ago uh, that we were allowed to wear shorts or boxes in the shower not naked but some people did (laughs) <laughs> yes, of course. Well, if if you were in that particular category, you probably didn't mind about it. Some boys used to spend ages in the shower to the point that the master would come and go out of the shower now, out of the shower. But I uh, oh, hated it, hated it. I, never, I was very good at the athletic side of it. It was the it was the physical side of rugby and football and hockey. Imagine playing hockey at eleven years old. You know the blooming thing. The hockey stick was bigger than I was. Ridiculous. I hated it. You know, one, you had to bully off, as they call it in the minute. One, two, three, four. Whack. God in heaven, it was dreadful. But that's what you sort of put yourself through. But I think it made us the people that we are today. You know, it, it, it made, well, it obviously made me the person that I am today. I remember having to dissect mice and frogs in science, says Linda. I always refused. Can you imagine that happening these days? We never did that. 
They did it in the film E.T. Do you remember? They had all the frogs, which they were putting to sleep. And then all of a sudden, E.T. fell over outside the fridge or something. And uh, and all the uh, the frogs sort of get, get got themselves free. You had to do it to learn about dissection. And I thought, unless you're going to be a, a mortician or something like that, why would you want to learn how to dissect a frog? I've never in my entire life had to dissect a frog. Producer had to dissect liver from a butcher's. But why? Well, I mean, when has that ever cropped up in this job? When have we ever got here in the morning and gone, do you know, I brought a frog in today. I mean, I don't... I get. I mean, I, I brought lobsters in. Who did I bring lobsters in for? I brought live lobsters in. Was it Sam? I got it for Sam. And we, we had a, a prepared lobster, and then I think he wanted a live one, so I brought it in. Well, we all we were screaming like girls at this live lobster. <laughs> and he had to put it in the freezer to send it to sleep before he could do anything with it. Very brave. Do you remember the big blackboard ruler? Our mask, technical drawing, used to make you bend over with the bridge of your nose against the edge of the desk. Uh, says Steve in Formby, and then whack your bottom with the ruler. Saw bottom and broken nose. Yes, I mean, you you couldn't get away with that now. But in those days, that's what parents sent you to school for. They sent you to be educated and to be disciplined if necessary. Whether they signed a document, I don't know. My woodwork teacher, I can't mention names just in case the person is still alive and uh, and might might dispute it. My woodwork teacher, says TC, put my head in a vice, put my thumbs in G-clamps, and when I cut my finger really bad, he told me not to sharpen my fingers with his chisels. How things change. Yes, he must have had vices. Like the, I mean, our vices only went... I made a vice in metalwork. I made a vice out of a block of, of metal, which was good. Gary from Woolwich says, thank you for the advice regarding presentation, but can't get out of it. At school, we used to get lines, 100 or 200 for forgetting the PE kit. Except... Did you do what we did? When they said you've got to do 100 lines, we would sellotape four pens together or six pens. And so when you wrote it, you'd do six lines at a time. No, just me again, just me again. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's amazing, actually, and I, and I, I, I smile as I say it. How many people remember the dreaded showers at school? How many people sort of thought, well, it seemed quite normal for the master to be standing there while you were all going round the showers? Our one, you didn't stand under the shower. It was, there was enough of them, so you got a good drenching as you went round. But if you pushed yourself against the wall, it was a lot easier because you could sort of manage to get round. And then you didn't have to dry it because it used to take for ages. And also, we were only getting wet. We didn't have shower gel. Nobody stood there with shower gel. Holly remembers the cheap form of photocopier called a spirit duplicator. We used to help the teacher by cranking the handle round and round for each copy. I remember a, like a Gestetner machine. Like a Stetner machine, you turned the handle. I remember that one, actually. Halinka says all our teachers wore black gowns to protect their clothes from the chalk dust. Did you remember all your teachers, the male teachers, had leather patches over their elbows? Do you remember that? No, just me again. See, uh, one day a classmate brought in a dead cat, which he'd found run over on the way to school. We then dissected it in the biology lab. Yeah, but for what reason? You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I quite understand cats and things like that. But when we were doing... Well, we didn't do them. And I don't know how I managed to escape that. We did a science lesson. We just played around with a Bunsen burner and a few sort of, you know, sulfates and stuff like that. But when, when, you, when it came to dissecting, we didn't do things like that. What is the point? What was the point of dissecting unless you're going into, as I say, you know, a mortician or working in a forensic laboratory? I don't know. Uh, Steve. Some at my school used to write lines in their spare time and sell them to people who wanted them. Yes, I, I heard about that as well. Uh, Steve, once this, this kid did his lines using a computer, it was rejected. And they got double lines, 400, says Gary. P.S. It wasn't me. 
Yes, I never understood why we, we got lines. It, it was just a way of discipline, wasn't it? Uh, Raymond, still in South Africa, says at school swimming lessons, we had to swim naked. Needless to say, we had our own pool. That was City of London School in the 50s and 60s. For inter-school matches, we wore trunks, of course. How very odd. Mind you, in the Thames, here's a thing. You used to get the mudlarks in the Thames. Kids who would uh, swim in the Thames and pick up bits and pieces and sell them. And uh, they didn't. nobody had swimming trunks. Nobody had swimming trunks at all. They didn't come along till much, much later. Much later. Ryan says, I'm 17 now. And a few years ago in secondary school, we still used showers. You were allowed to wear shorts or boxers, but was frowned upon by your fellow shower mates. It got to a point when it was easier to show your fruit and what's it than cover it due to the haranguing you would face. Got to the point that the novelty wore off and nobody cares. Yes, I mean, I, I, can, I can understand that. They, they do that in other schools. But uh, it just seems odd that they're still operating the same thing today. And uh, little Dave, thank you for sharing. Uh, and Steve, I think uh, I had a very volatile French teacher. We, we didn't. Mr. Capernes was our French teacher. He was Belgium. And and uh, he used to show us Belgian money, which compared to our money was very bright and lovely. And he'd say, and this uh, is uh, 20, whatever it was, I can't remember. And, uh, and we'd all go great. And we'd go and talk about it. He just showed us the, the contents of his of his wallet. The the, the producer's French teacher, because everybody had a French teacher and a German teacher, hated children, and we'd regularly regularly tell them. Charming, isn't it, really? What's the point of doing something if you really hate children? That's why I love the film. What's the film I was watching the other day? And I re- Oh, Tom Brown's School Days, one of the very early ones, where, you know, to be a master at a school, you know, with your wife there or whatever, really super. But anyway... Uh, this volatile French teacher, anything would set her off. She once brought the blackboard rubber down in front of my face and almost took my nose off, started ranting. I went to an all-girls school and we too had a very odd female PE teacher who made us strip off and shower properly. We hated it. Every week was that time of the month just to get out of it. She was actually a chain smoker, so hardly a games teacher role model. Hated hockey, standing outside in the uh, in, a, in a tiny game skirt. Yeah, I mean, actually, round my way, we have a... Um, a college. I don't know what they call it now. It's a college where they train physical fitness instructors and they go into schools so they learn to be PE instructors. And they're, they're all running the streets. Oh, sickeningly, sickeningly fit. Uh, Steve, I did lines with two pens, thought it was a brilliant idea and demonstrated initiative. Unfortunately, the teacher, teacher disagreed and gave me more lines for cheating. Steve informed me, says I got a thousand lines in one go at boarding school. Thought it was funny at first. Oh, you speak for forever. Do you know the worst thing? Every Sunday evening, we'd have to write a letter home to our parents. If we were boarders, and I was a full-time boarder, you'd have to write the letter home. Dear Mummy and Daddy, because we're only little, we're only young people. We thought we were being grown up, but we didn't know we were grown up. Um, having a lovely time, glad you're not here. And <laughs> you have to write these things. Then you go, no, Stephen, that's not enough. Write, write something else. <laughs> uh, one of my jobs, says Andrew, in the metalwork lesson was to keep the teacher's ashtray empty. I made also, I made a, I was so theatrical. Even when I was 14 and 15 at school, I made a floodlight, you know, on a, on a tripod stand. I was very impressed by it. <laughs> I did all sorts of things. I could do anything. I made a poker in woodwork. Cathy uh, says, as a six-year-old little girl, I attended a private Catholic school in Solihull in the 60s and have never forgotten being walloped with a plimsoll by a teacher just for talking in a craft lesson. Oh, I know. Oh, if you, oh, if, oh God, if you talked. Or oh, failing that, if you... Um, if you sort of stared out of the window and you weren't concentrating. Cool, blimey, that was, that was another one. That was another one. And uh, when I was at school, we had a very attractive female headmistress, says Howard. I was naughty Monday to Friday. Caned every day. 
Yes, that probably travelled with you in life, I should imagine. Holly says, in chemistry, we dripped very dilute hydrochloric acid on our tights. The holes were worn like a badge of honour. Some of the boys in my school were like that as well. I don't think they wore it as a badge of honour. Uh, I loved, says Cliff, my school days, except physics. Two of the teacher's favourite lines were, sit down, shut up and get on with your work. Or if he was in a really bad mood, he'd say, have you ever had to pick your teeth with two broken arms? <laughs> you couldn't get away with that now, could you? You could not say. Richard in Wapping says, my school in Croydon opened its own swimming bath in 1961 and we had to swim naked with parents watching until somebody complained. I'm not at all surprised. I mean, why would you... Oh, good Lord. I mean, you can't even now go into a school, even if you've got a, a child in the class, and take pictures of the nativity. Because, you know, there might be other other people there uh, who don't want their uh, their poor child photographed. But that's... Nobody thought about it. I've got loads of... Well, not loads. I've got one. It made it sound like loads. Loads of things doing the nativity. We had a French teacher, Steve, looked like Galon from Planet of the Apes. Doesn't help me, actually. It doesn't help me at all because I've, I've never seen Planet of the Apes. And uh, the PE teachers used to watch us go through the showers. Well, we had that in our school, but that was normal, I think, to make sure that there was no shenanigans or, or anything else. The hairstyle looks fantastic. Yes, lovely. Uh, it's Roddy McDowell. Is that Roddy McDowell played that part? Do you know, I didn't, I didn't quite... It's so clever, though. Which part of it is real and which part of it isn't? Is it a mask that fits over, which is then glued onto, onto the lips? Because I'm, I'm, am I getting this wrong? Planet of the Apes was uh, apes rule, and humans are the, are the second class citizen. Whereas I always thought apes were far more superior to us. Steve, I went to a, uh, an educational recreational centre. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the educational part, and so I'm a private hire driver in Telford. <laughs> and Paul says, when I was in the Cubs in the early seventies on camping weekends, we swam naked. Well, I don't think actually uh, that anybody had swing trunks. I think you had a pair of swing trunks, which only seemed to come out when you went to the the seaside, when you went to uh, have a holiday and you went to Bournemouth or uh, Brighton or Southend or places like that. And then you would, you'd wait. You didn't. I mean, nowadays, there's so many. Di- I don't even possess a pair of swing trunks. I really don't. Somebody said, oh, we're going to go swimming today. I'd have to physically go out and buy a pair of swing trunks. So anyway, I could manage it. Very funny, says Alan. Bringing back memories. Our teachers battered us with anything that came to hand. All allowed and no complaints. How life has changed. For the worst. Can't even shout at pupils these days. No, you can't. We used to hate it when it was parents' night. We never understood what, what the point of that was. Because they go, parent, you coming tonight? Yeah. You, your parents coming? Yeah. Oh, God, how embarrassing. And you'd have to stand next to them like a naughty schoolboy or girl. And uh, and the teacher would go, oh, yes, uh, Stephen. Well, this is this is and my parents would sit there and say, don't listen to him. He tells lies. He said, yes, Stephen has a has um, a propensity for staring out of the window. I don't really. I really don't. You know, he he daydreams a lot. I really, really don't. Why are you listening to this evil man? He's telling lies about me to get me into trouble when I go home. Little does he realize I'm going to get a clip round the back of the legs, you know. And uh, and sometimes Stephen just wanders off in his mind. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I did, of course. I did. And you know, and you'd walk out and you think, hopefully, by the time we get home, your parents might have forgotten what what your form teacher said about you. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Eight four eight five zero stevenlbc.co.uk. Heading up to the news at uh, six. So the Labour Party in uh, in disarray. 
Jeremy Corbyn's bracing himself for more resignations. They don't seem to be bothered, do they? They're welcoming Derek Hatton after 34 years back into the party. I've got no idea why. No doubt we will find out later because he's joining us on LBC. He'll be with Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, Fern Britton on how a TV guest, don't you want to know who it is, forced her to kiss him. And uh, the REF D-Day veteran of 95 who gets up at 5am to start a paper round. And I bet you anything, he loves it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Well, yeah, but it's amazing how many people used to get hit at school. I'd forgotten just how um, how sort of <laughs> abusive teachers were and head teachers. And, and I don't, we never had any problem with being caned. In fact, it was, it was almost like a badge of honour. It wasn't if you were the one being caned. Everybody else thought it was great. You know, especially if we used to have one man. I can't remember his name. He was definitely the religious instructor. Man, and he used to practically explode in class. And, uh, and he'd go, boy, out, out. And he'd point out the door and you'd be sort of thrown out the door. You'd have to stay out there. I never understood quite what, what the purpose was of throwing somebody out of class. It meant that you weren't basically learning. Small wonder I did dreadfully at school. Small wonder I was terrible. I mean, I didn't get any, any qualifications at all. Didn't need anything at all. In my day, you didn't need anything. This subject is all going one way, so here's pupil's revenge, says Steve. One very clever chemistry lad at our school did something with a filter paper, iodine, and some gas bubbles, put it in the master's pocket. When it dried, it exploded. He was expelled. Yes, we didn't... We, we did... Um, what do they call it? We did technical drawing. Oh, the art class. Did you ever do... We did the art class at school. I never understood it. To do perfect letters. So you draw a box... And it would be one inch by one inch by one inch by one inch. And then you would draw a perfect circle in the middle of it. And it was, it was, it's a bit more complicated than you imagine. So all the letters... Why? I've got no idea. No idea. Apparently at Harrow School, lines are called double. You had to write them on special paper and get so many words per line and a certain height. It can take an inexperienced pupil 90 minutes to do 60. Some teachers used to get you to do it in different coloured pens. I like the sound of that, Martin. In a place called Toaster. I've done anybody from Toaster... Is it Northamptonshire? It's a, it's 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 spelt Towwester, isn't it? Towwester, but it's it's pronounced. I I do know that actually. It's the only thing I get. Kevin the Milkman says French was my weak subject at school. Never understood masculine and feminine words. I know. Is it an agrave or acute accent? This is a circumflex, and this is. It's the only things I remember from from French, and the fact that I could count up to a hundred in French, which I. But apart from that, nothing. My mother used to say, oh, I, I speak French. So we went we went on holiday to France. The only thing she could order in a cafe was omelettes. That's all we ended up with, omelettes. We didn't get anything else at all, omelettes. God, it was dreadful. Dreadful. I remember thinking, she told us she could speak French. I don't know why we thought that. Jill says, when I was in the top class of the junior school, I had a teacher who regularly used to choose a girl to go out alone to the nearby, nearby bakery to buy him a sausage roll. He used to eat it whilst reading his newspaper during the lesson. Oh... And some of the, um, if you watch the film Tom Brown's School Days, and there's a very good version with Stephen Fry, and I've got about six versions, mainly because if you, if you went to preparatory school, this brings back memories. And in the, in the big schools like rugby, they had fags. And you, if you were a junior boy and the, your senior boy would shout out fag, you had to run like heck to get there. And he would go, go and clean my shoes or go and do this and that. It was basically, it was basically hu- ritual humiliation for, uh, for young uh, for young children. Uh, another one here. My, my, my teachers said VL managed to get round not being able to hit kids anymore by going and getting a few of the first team rugby players from the common room and leaving the classroom for a while 
any time somebody was acting up. Oh, God, that sounds even worse. I'm not sure whether I'd go for something else, actually. Uh, Linda says, when I was at secondary school, we had a French teacher who was absolutely huge. Prior to the French lesson, we used to be mucking about in class and we'd feel the floor shake and knew she was on her way in. She was that big. But this discussion is making me chuckle. We used to get shown all sorts, of, apart from the French money, which uh, he used to show us, Mr. Capers. I don't know why he did, but isn't it funny? It sticks with you from the age of nine years old. And then he used to show us baguettes. He'd hold up a baguette and we used to go, this is sort of French. It was all things French. It still meant that all I could do was sort of count up to 100 in French, which never served me at all well. Uh, Margaret says, I clearly remember the fourth grade teacher. If you fell asleep or were daydreaming, you'd be pelted with those black erasers. Better yet, if you were sloppy, you can bet your bottom dollar that your desk would be dumped. The poor kid had all of his bits and pieces sprawled all over the room. It was just a way of life. Parents never said a word. We had lift-up desks and then we had desks uh, which didn't lift up. But you could go underneath, so you could keep books and, and stuff like that. Steve, my sister, was very good at French at school. I can well imagine, actually. We didn't... See, see, the trouble is, we didn't... I mean, I don't know what the purpose of it was. We did Latin. We did Latin. Christine says, I clearly remember all the, sci- the, the science teacher having us all down on the floor, gathering the mercury into balls that had dropped between the cracks in the wooden floor. A bit dangerous, isn't it? Not supposed to be touching mercury. And uh, Lee says, uh, when I was a child in the 70s, I lived in South Africa for a couple of years. My first day at school in Johannesburg, my first lesson was Afrikaan. I had to copy from the girl next to us. I knew nothing about the language. Then the teacher realised I copied. He caned me, making my back and spine bleed. It was brutal. My father took me out of the school after having a word with the teacher. Yeah, I like the idea of having, having a word with the teacher, like the management. New set of stamps coming out. To celebrate the 80th anniversary, I'm assuming that means they've been running 80 years Marvel Comics. There's probably people who collect... Doesn't Jonathan Ross collect comics? He's a big comic collector. As I say, we never had them in our house. I think my mother... And Marvel have got all the films and everything else. I haven't seen any of them. My mother used to think they were common. I don't know why. I, I suppose because because my my cousins had them and I used to look through them, but I, di- I, didn't, I didn't really pick up on it at all. We had a... There was a, a, a young magazine... And it had Hartley hair in it. I just knew he liked jam. That was it. I can't remember anything else more about it at all. Uh, Dolly Parton opening her heart in all the papers today because she's uh, promoting 9 to 5, the musical. And um, the NatWest worker. This was an odd one. Did you hear this one? The NatWest worker who says vegans should be punched in the face. I mean, why would somebody say that? Why would somebody say that? That's very odd, isn't it? Very, very strange. The Gallagher brothers still arguing. You'll love the picture of the shark in the paper today of some bloke who sort of, it came quite near, and so he put his camera under the water. thought that looked a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, dangerous. And uh, Calendar Girl star Fern Britton, the lovely Fern, married to Phil Vickery, of course, is surrounded by bare flesh on the hit musical where she acknowledges the male stagehands are always very respectful. But the former TV presenter knows it's not always been the case, revealing... She was once assaulted in a lift by a man she'd just interviewed. This was uh, late 80s, early 90s, when she was working, I think, for Television South. She says, I remember doing a television show where I worked for TVS, which I think was based down in Southampton. I'm pretty certain. Uh, I was in a, a lift with a man I'd just interviewed. He suddenly jumped me and started snogging me. Asked him what he was doing. It didn't seem to shame him into stopping. The fact remains, the most privileged person on the planet is still the white male, but unless they feel as uncomfortable as single women do walking home at night in the dark or getting into a taxi alone, there's always going to be that gap in understanding. Yes, I mean, there were certain people, I can tell you, 
people in show business who had a reputation. Uh, some people are not with us now, uh, but they, they had reputations of coming on to people and just and just thought it was perfectly normal, which is a bit uh, a bit a bit strange. Uh, Steve, uh, Viv, again in the 50s, I believe it or not, we had a domestic science teacher. If you weren't paying attention, you used to throw forks. And yes, they did stick in the wall. Yes, domestic. We didn't do domestic science. Well, mainly because it was a boys' school. Well, I suppose we could have done. That's a bit sexist, isn't it? We actually could have had uh, domestic science, which was going home with a Tupperware box with some cake you've made in it or something like that. Did you do that? You called it food technology. My favourite one at, at prep school was gardening. We just basically stood outside and looked at some lettuces growing. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, Steve, our French teacher, says George, used to make us put our hands flat on the desk and then hit them with a wooden metre stick. Oh, my God, Father. There's a lot of violence going on, isn't there, in schools? And yet, at the time, we didn't, we didn't think it was, it was violence. We just assumed that if you, if you were naughty, then you got the cane, if it was something that the teacher could deal with. I mean, it was bad enough being sent outside a, a class. You know, that you sort of stand there. If, if, if two of you got sent out, that was OK. You should have a chat outside about all sorts of things. Anything but what you were supposed to be doing. Uh, Chris says, my dad told me many times how he was sat at his desk staring into space when the teacher gave him a clip across the ear and said, that's for nothing. Wait till you do something. Said it took him years to work out what he meant. Now, you couldn't get away with that. Like, I mean, put it way, we had we had children going on strike the other day. And that was over. I can't remember what that was over. Climate change. They're going on strike over climate change. I mean, in my day, you strike? They'd have thrown you out of the school, I think. Oh, the, the, the final humiliation. The final humiliation. The American sailor photographed as he swept a nurse into his arms and kissed her, has died aged 95. This is George uh, Mendonça's daughter, Sharon Molleur, says her father fell at the Rhode Island care home where he lived with her mother, had a seizure and died on Sunday. Uh, Greta Zimmer Friedman, a dental assistant, was the girl being kissed. And it, everybody just went, oh, wow. And that picture went round the world, round the world. Uh, still to come, the story of the deaf woman who's worked up to a million pounds, which is good. And Polly Hudson says that the, the question, if you were a soup, what kind of soup would you be? Please don't write in. Uh, Ariana Grande says miso. I don't know what miso... I've heard of miso. I think it must be a Japanese soup. But also it might depend on the time of year. I think I'm miso year-round and then butternut squash in the fall. I'm obviously from a different place, aren't I? Because I'm just... I'm just leek and potato, haddock chowder and, uh, and tomato. What a simple life. What a simple life. Right. Uh, but, uh, it's a very good one for local radio. It's not for us. Not for us at all. Uh, also, uh, the lady... She's a grandmother, but she doesn't look it. The doctors have made her a new tongue from her arm. From her arm. That is the most bizarre story ever. And Nicky Campbell struggling to control his emotions as he filmed a new TV show that traces the origins of abandoned children. He was adopted at four days old. Four days old. I can't imagine what it would be like. I can't even guess at what it would be like. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. We were talking the other day about the lady... And there was a bit of a thing going on and people were saying, is it going to survive? It's just in Covent Garden. It's a lovely building, lovely building. And we were talking about the lady. And I said, um, I'd never seen it. I know what it is, but I haven't seen a copy. 
uh, for donkey's years. Donkey's years. I thought it, the lady was the magazine that you bought and it told you, you know, how to bake sort of things and, and everything else. And then at the end, you could bake staff and all that kind of thing. So imagine my surprise when I get a package uh, this morning, which came in yesterday, from the lady, which says rumours of my demise have been greatly exaggerated, which is very sweet. And said, sent me two copies of the lady and a tea towel. I shall give it to the staff, which is lovely. Look, we get a tea towel of the lady, which is very posh, isn't it? Very nice indeed. Very nice. So thank you very much indeed. And so I was going through the lady and it's got all sorts. Of, it's actually it's beautifully, beautifully done. It's got book reviews. It's got, you know, sweets, houses. I mean, it's got it's it's all the usual sort of thing. But it's I don't think it's specifically for ladies. I think men can read it. So I'm, I'm, I'm having a go at it. But uh, I think it's lovely, actually. I'm very imp- I'm, I'm glad I've seen it. I'm glad I've seen it. So there you go. And presumably, you can either take out a subscription. But the interview in, in one of them, I've got the fourth, uh, the 1st to the 14th of February, is Bonnie Langford. And um, it's interesting. I see, I love this. It's really good. It's very nice. Thank you very much indeed. So there you go. We're, we're delighted that the rumours of the demise are greatly exaggerated. We hope it goes on from strength to strength. Uh, Steve, I missed out on the era of school caning, but I did have a teacher at primary school who used to walk around with his cane, clearly resenting the fact he couldn't use it. Every now and then he'd scare the old Watsis out of us by whacking the back of our chairs with full force. Was enough to keep us in check, says Sabrina. And uh, one that says, great show this morning, Steve. You're making me feel nostalgic for my school days. I hated those post-PE class showers. We would check for the obligatory navy knickers before each class too. If you forgot them, you'd have to borrow a pair from lost property. What fun. Not. And having worked in modern-day schools, shocking to hear the awful stories of the kids having to swim naked with parents watching and the dissection of a cat in class. I know. I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable what, uh, what, what went on in school. And nobody complained about it. Nobody complained. Uh, Helena says, when I was at primary school in London many years ago, I can remember being made to stand on a chair and being slapped hard on my leg every time I got a long division somewhere. Oh, I hated long division. Hated long. I was rubbish at long division. Short division I was even worse at. I just wasn't good at things like that. Uh, Today I'm awful at maths. I'm still wondering whether I can sue the council for child cruelty. Helena's listening in Jerusalem. Nearly went into a song there for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, interesting. And uh, Alex says, during the summer in our art classroom in school, when the windows are wide open, I used to love watching the pouring neon Lucasade bottle in Brentford. Yes, oh, I know that. When we were little in Julia school, we had to curtsy to the nuns in the corridors and whenever they came into the classroom. Well, we had to, if somebody came into our classroom, we all had to stand up. I mean, seriously, it was like sort of some do the hokey cokey kind of thing, you know. If three three teachers wandered in and a head teacher, sometimes the head, the head teacher would sort of come in with uh, with parents that they were showing round. So the door would open and uh, and the, the master would go, "All rise," and we'd all have to stand up. I mean, there were some very odd things that went on in my classroom. I tell you, very odd. But the, the standing up and sitting down bit, I remember very well. Uh, Steve, we had a French teacher. What's the French teachers? What is it with the French teachers who broke the blackboard by throwing a blackboard duster at it and a history teacher who'd pick boys up by their hair? Dear, we used to get in trouble if the hair was on, on the collar of your shirt. Whew, dear. They didn't like that at all. That, that was very unpopular. We had a physics teacher, says Alec, who had a plank with, um, uh, wait a minute, with Fred chalked in reverse and got hit, used to check it's still there, home time. Oh, right, oh. You can't do that now, can you? I mean, there's, I don't think you're allowed to discipline children. It's a t- small wonder they're unruly, I think. I remember at school the teacher gave us French names. Mine was Claudine. 
says Karen, which I hated. I did a French exchange, and when my French exchange student came to stay with me in London, I took her out shopping and was shocked when she showed me the stash of makeup from one of the stalls in the market. Love the show. Listen every day from Italy. Thank you. Thank you. More people listening, the better. My mate was caught chewing gum in a music class, says Stephen Maidstone. The teacher stormed through the class, forced to open his mouth, reach in and stuck it on his forehead. Oh, God. They were quite violent, some of these teachers, weren't they? Really? I mean, very odd. In our boarding school dormitory, I was woken up by a boy called Lazenby. The maths teacher used to call him Lazy Ben, which obviously upset him. Anyway, woke me up and said he was going to run away and would I like to join him? So I said, OK, crept out of bed, quietly got dressed so as not to wake up the other boys. So Lazy Ben and I went to the stairs, unlocked the big front door and wandered down the road dressed in school shirt, blazer and shorts. 20 minutes later, we met Joe the Milkman on his floor. Hello, boys, where are you off to so early in the morning? We proudly told him we were running away. He then asked us to get in. They took us back. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that goes on, isn't it, really? But we did that. We used to do that at home, didn't we? If ever your parents shouted at you, I'm leaving home, you'd say, in a very awful authoritarian manner and your parents go yeah off you go then see you at tea time I'm not coming back they go okay bye and you t- and so and I used to get to the bottom of the drive and think what am I doing now where do I go I haven't got any money for the bus and walking seems a little bit out of kilter what am I going to do do end up going back your mother said you'll be back for tea what do you want egg and chips or fish fingers and chips don't want anything Stop being very bullshit about the whole thing. Thank you for the trip down memory lane, says Monica. I wonder, looking at current health and safety rules and parents, how we survive to this age. I know. I know. Sidcup Julie got banned from history for a month. We had a horrible temporary... Oh, do you remember the temporary teachers? Oh, we'd run rings around them. Uh, but uh, learning Mary, Queen of Scots, the teacher said Mary had... And, of course, I said a little lamb. Out! Out! They used to get very excited. Uh, not really, actually. Our teacher had protruding front teeth. Somebody drew Bugs Bunny's head on the wall by the classroom door and wrote, so-and-so is a wabbit. Very naughty. You can't do things like that. It was quite funny. I should imagine that sort of provided endless amusement for the rest of the class, that somebody somewhere was going to be getting that thwack and everything else. Uh, other stories. The Nat West... This, uh, this one I can't believe. This is Nat West. Nat West have apologised after a customer who revealed she was a vegan, was told they should all be punched in the face. What? I work with a... I work with somebody who doesn't eat meat very often. And uh, you never think about things like... Whatever somebody wants to do is OK, but I couldn't care less. You know, if somebody doesn't want to eat meat or they just want to eat fish or they want to maybe order a burger or something like that, well, that's up to them. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. But um, so after the furious outburst, the bank worker then rejected... The woman's application for a £400 loan to pay for a qualification in vegan nutrition. NatWest said the comments were wholly inappropriate and offered to pay for the full course and gave the woman £200 in compensation. Disciplinary procedures have begun against the worker. You can't say that, can you? Oh, well, I don't, I don't think you can say that. BBC Bristol, this was. I kept them going all day on that one. That was, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a long stand. Probably today as well, I should imagine. Now it's made the papers. But apparently the call handler was no longer in contact with the customer client. You can't say that. What's the matter with somebody being vegan? I don't, I don't care. As I say, it makes no, no difference at all. James in Essex says, At high school we had two teachers, Mrs Williams, uh, both called Mrs Williams. So, so, so to distinguish them, we called them Fat Williams and Thin Williams. Well, that's We had a woman called called Miss Salt and Miss Pepper. I know, I know, it seems highly unlikely. But one of them was sort of quite quite, quite a big person. I can't remember which one she was now. But uh, we just, we just, they were just teachers. 
Steve, the cane had just been phased out when I joined school, but the headmaster had it mounted in a glass box in his wall with R.I.P. in it, on it, you know, R.I.P. the cane. Because I should imagine for some people, that's the, that's the way that you discipline, discipline pupils. You know, because otherwise, what, what do you get if you don't discipline them? We get, uh, we get very unruly pupils. Be nice to hear, says Lee, from a teacher from back in the day to find out what pleasure they derive from beating young children and making them cry. Well, you see, it's, it's that argument about beating. Is it beating? Is it a smack? Is it a thwack? What is it? I mean, a beating, I always think, means that you're on the floor covered in blood and uh, then they kick you to death. That's what I see as a beating, but obviously people see it differently. Richard in Wapping studied Latin at school for six years, but I've forgotten most of it now. Yes, sick transit Gloria Mundi. No, we just did uh, Stella the star, Puella the girl, Rex the king. Well, that was about it. Somebody, somebody said to me, you only bother learning Latin if you're going to be a, a gardener. And, um, or you're going to be, what else? A chemist. Jacob rees does he speak Latin? Oh, my goodness me. Actually, I think Stephen Fry speaks Latin as well. I think you, you could have a, a conversation. There was something... All we learnt about was the Roman soldiers were knocking down the walls of the castle. I can't remember what it was, but it was rivetingly dull, I tell you. Steve, is having a magazine called The Lady not seen as sexist in 2019, says Tristan? Certainly not. Certainly Men can read it. It's just called, it's just called The Lady. I mean, it's like having a station called Waterloo. No, it's not that. It's, it's like having a hall called uh, Albert... I mean, that's very sexist. Why has it not got a lady's name incorporated into it? No, I, I, I don't think so. You should see it, actually. You should see it. Uh, I went to school in Sydney. Says, oh, no, I have to come back to Tim, because otherwise I could be late for the uh, the news. If we were bad, says Debs, we had to draw a circle on the blackboard and stand there with our nose in the middle of it for the rest of the lesson. Good Lord, honestly. Your stories of school time are obviously resonating. It's, it's all flooding back, isn't it? It's all coming back to haunt you. The rest of the day, you're going to be sort of found screaming out of the window. I'm not a bad person. You can try it. You can try it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 to 7. Nick Ferrari's with you at breakfast this morning at 7 o'clock. 7. Number 7 pops up a lot today. Seven Labour MPs have quit the party in disgust at Jeremy Corbyn's leadership, whilst it's also been announced that a controversial activist, Derek Hatton, is a Labour member once again, some 34 years after he was booted out. Mr Hatton himself will be among those giving Nick their reaction to yesterday's announcement. He's 71 now, Derek Hatton. I wonder if he looks... He probably looks exactly the same. We'll also find out what the shocking comments made by the ISIS bride yesterday might do to her bid to come back to Britain. Plus, after the Justice Secretary suggested that sending somebody to jail for less than six months is pointless, Nick will ask if shorter prison sentences should just be scrapped now. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Uh, 24 minutes to 7. Uh, I'm tearing up listening to school stories, says Ollie. My French name at school was Josephine. <laughs> Do people have French names? You see, mine was... At, I mean, I don't, this sounds a bit peculiar now, actually. Because I've, I've sort of... Because my, my French name was either Stefan or... Um, what was it? Etienne. Etienne. I think, yes. And I can't remember, how do you say my name is Etienne? My, je m'appelle Etienne, that's right. In, in German it's meine Namen ist. So it's je m'appelle. Je m'appelle. <laughs> I don't know why, actually. We never used French. We never used, I don't know why we bothered learning it at school. It seemed a pointless exercise. Mind you, I thought most of the classes were a bit pointless. I don't say that now. 
Because otherwise people say, well, you've got to get an education. I would say, yes, you have. Now you have to get an education. You know, before you didn't have to have the education. It didn't make any difference. You could walk out of school on the Friday and into a job on the Saturday. It was it was that easy. There were jobs around at the moment. It's not looking very promising, is it? All over the place. I went to school in Sydney, says Tim. And um, my year 12 teacher had a very dry sense of humour. Instead of physical discipline, he'd come out with wisecracks or verbal insults. I remember some of them. Number one, lift your mind above your navel. Clearly, we were being juvenile about something. Two, you've got the IQ of a shoelace. Three, every time I start talking, some other mouth opens before the brain is in gear. We wrote down 101 of his quotes over the, the course of the year, says Tim. We used to, there used to be a great one. Oh, Lord, help me to keep my big mouth shut until I know what I'm talking about. That used to be the broadcaster's prayer, I think. Mike in Kings Langley says, the reason I know seven-eighths of 56 is because I got it wrong one too many times. Uh, the wooden ruler racked out syllable by syllable. Seven eights are fifty six. I was seven. Seven eights. But well, that's 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 how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, actually, poppet in German is ich. I can't pronounce this word. Is it heiser? Ich heiser. Ich heiser. That's that, that's that's poppet, is it? How lovely. Well, there you go, Charlie Girling. We know all about ich heiser because you are a poppet to me. We used to have, says Irene, a nail inspection every week. If you bit your nails, you've got the ruler. Oh, my God. Well, I'd have been doomed on that one. I've bitten my nails for years. I'm terrible. I'm really, really bad. And Holly says our teacher was leaving to have a baby. We had a temporary teacher for two days who let us secretly watch Bewitched in the lunch break. How good was that? Teacher returned. We enthused about our substitute teacher. Excellent, she said. She'll be teaching while I'm away. From day one, we realised we'd been conned. The substitute teacher enjoyed washing mouths out with soap for talking in class. No more bewitched. Simon says our history teacher smoked his pipe all through the lesson. Yes, we had a teacher, the the um, the, the French one, smoked a pipe as well. Have you noticed, though, that teachers never age? When you see them years later, you go, oh, you look exactly the same. They never seem to age. They used to bring them out in uh, on This Is Your Life. And you go, and here's your teacher. And, you know, she'd be 170 or something. And actually looking as sprightly as the as the day. Uh, Steve, I read the lady when at work at Waitrose, read the gift you can win. The word, they word it so lovely, says Alison, who's in great tue in Oxfordshire. That sounds lovely. Uh, Steve, are you sure you need an education? Most of these uni kids work in Tesco with no sign of getting any better. Well, I mean, I, you see, I mean, I always say to people, if people say to me, I don't like school, I say, unfortunately, in this day and age, because there's so few jobs for so many people, you need to prove that you're better than anybody else. And so you really need to, do, to get the education. It also, But I've never been asked about education or qualifications. Never been asked for that uh, at all. Uh, Steve, I hearing you mention that it's Marvel Comics 80th and talk about the lady reminded me of this. Five years ago, I was walking down the high street with my six-year-old son and we saw a bus go past with an ad for the movie The Iron Lady on the side. And my six-year-old turned to me and says, Dad, can the Iron Lady fly like Iron Man? <laughs> Sweet, isn't it? Uh, oh, sorry. Ich uh, heiß means uh, I am called, not poppet. Ich heiß Stephen. Oh, right. Okay. Our maths teacher used to drive a Citroen 2CV. It was so light, you could move it around the car park as a joke. I know. Well, it was, it was basically a skip wasn't it, which had, uh, which had wheels attached to it as well. Uh, Dean says, I used to read the Lady magazine looking for nannying jobs. It was very good. It's very, it's all posh. I mean, I haven't seen it for ages. It's, it's very nice, actually. Very nice. I dreamt, says Hannah, that you and Nick Ferrari 
were standing behind podiums at the O2 in front of thousands having a heated debate. Next thing, you were both on horseback in full armour. You've got to stop drinking, Hannah. I begged you not to drink anymore. It's, 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 you're only going to get into these, you know, dreadful situations, which is just not... I mean, it's not good at all. Nick Ferrari would never, ever get behind a podium with me to have a heated debate. I thought the only person who had heated debates was Mrs Merton. Let's have a heated debate. I used to love her doing that. Kev says, our music teacher played in a brass band as a hobby and his band were in an advert for Bachelor's Savoury Rice. When we saw it, we ribbed him mercilessly for the whole five years we were at school. Luckily, luckily, it was a good sport. Took it on the chin, but 40 years later, I still smirk when I see a packet of savoury rice. Mark says, morning, Steve. I learned French at school. I even gave directions to the toilets on a ferry. Although they walked the opposite way. I know. I get that with people. Have you ever done... You know when somebody stops you in the street and say, and, and, and they show you a bit of paper with sort of the, uh, the address on or something like that, and they go, uh, you know where this is? And you go, yeah, it's... D-, you think, I'm speaking to somebody who doesn't really understand what I'm saying. You go down there, first on the right, second on the left. And as they go down the road, you suddenly think, oh, I've sent them the wrong way. I've sent them to the wrong place, but I didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> Uh, 18 minutes to uh, 7. We had a music teacher everybody disliked, so for weeks we hoarded fruitcake. A girl brought in every day in a lunchbox. We snuck into the music room during break and stuffed it into the piano. Oh, dear. I don't think you're very proud. I wouldn't want somebody like you in my class. Good Lord, what? Fancy ruining a piano. Mind you, pianos you couldn't give away some years ago. Uh, nobody wanted them. You just have to pay to get people to come and take away your, your piano. 84850, Steve at LBC, Carp DM. Carpe diem. Oh, seize the day. Fantastic, isn't it? We're very educational this morning. In fact, we're almost too educational, I think. I don't think we should be this this educational. Charlie Girling's back in again. And she says, no, it means I'm called Poppet. Poppet is Pupshin. You are my Pupshin. That sounds like something out of um, uh, what, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, lieber Pupshin. That always sounds like the thing in that with his Barmy mad wife. <laughs> they have. They end up with sort of you know. What do you do to people looking at you? Where well, they sort of pretend to be. It was such a good film. Hushaby Mountain. One of my. I used to wonder if you could ever get a car that could fly. They get an aeroplane up in the air. It weighs much more than a car, doesn't it? But I have seen it. I have seen it. Steve, we used to do netball in the fog. Right. We did. Yes. Fog or smog, Irene. Fog or smog. But uh, she said it's my birthday today. Yeah, and? <laughs> Actually, somebody else is celebrating a bit. I think Yoko Ono celebrated the other day, I'm pretty certain. Mr M's is this uh, this Friday, and it's mine soon. Soon. I got one of those dreaded phone calls yesterday from my accountant. Hello, Steve. Ooh, ooh. I've got to speak to him today. He's going to try and explain to me. Although, it, the you know, the VAT's changed. It's all gone digital and stuff like that. Although he's heard a rumour in the business that uh, they might not go through with it. They might realise what a complete... Toffee they've made of it. Not so good. Uh, John says, I spent all my school days in the 50s and 60s learning pints, gallons, inches, feet, yards, pounds, ounces, hundredweights, and when I left, they changed it to metric. Yeah. There used to be in Staines, in Middlesex, a jewellery shop, and all the prices in their window were in pounds, shillings and pence. A sort of some retaliation. And uh, a lot of people did it because some people still never got used to uh, decimalisation. You know, I, I didn't. I'm sure we lost out on it. I'm sure we got less chips in the box. But uh, you're right. Inches, feet, pounds, ounces. Somebody would say to me, oh, I weigh this much. I go, what's that in real money? Because I've got no idea. 
Uh, my favourite teachers in juniors, Mr Jefford, would throw the wooden blackboard rubber across the room at somebody not listening. Always hit, then square them on the head. Turn the boy upside down and shook him by his ankles. He was a very inspiring teacher, says Tanya. <laughs> well, they are. You, you, you can, I mean, I can only remember one of my teachers. You know, physically, I can remember what he looked like. And he taught woodwork. Woodwork. And I, 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 because if you liked a teacher, you didn't mind sort of learning. And I thought woodwork was quite good. Where it was, what it was going to do for me, I've got no idea. No idea at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every Andrew Pierce says, your first birthday or your official birthday, Your Majesty. So I didn't get a card last year from him or the year before. Well, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but frankly, I'm not going to send him one. You know, it's got to work both ways, hasn't it? Uh, our maths teacher, uh, Steve, says Marcia had a, a, a reliant Robin. He'd often return to his car at the end of the day to find it on its side. It was very scary, so he'd hide out of sight to watch him blow his top. I know teachers never had much money, did they? You want to watch Carry On Teacher, actually. It's a very good film, very good film. Uh, we had a, a hateful teacher. It was a reverend. The high point was when a, a tile fell from the ceiling, knocked him out and down the stairs. Everybody just carried on stepping over him, says Lee. And uh, somebody who chalked the bottom of the, the sand shoe before he whacked you, leaving a mark for the rest of the day. Oh, everybody knew when you were in trouble. It would go round the school really quickly. Uh, my favourite... Oh, no, we've done that one. Uh, I spent all my school days in the 50s and early 60s, Steve. I had a nice time. And one here that says, when I became... Uh, before I became a lawyer, I taught French at a school, famous for providing the backing vocal to Pink Floyd's We Don't Need No Education. Woo! Teacher, leave those kids alone. On the second week, I threw three pupils out of my class and said, anybody else want to leave? Everybody stood up and left. I know. Actually, I remember a, a very funny story to do with uh, to do with the radio station, actually, <laughs> which is very funny when sort of um, a, a, a new boss came into it many, many years ago. And uh, called everybody in and said, uh, right, um, anybody want to leave? I've got uh, contracts here. And, uh, and, and nobody said a word. Nobody said a word except one person who said, um, all right, can I talk about a new, new contract? He said, no, absolutely not. He said, you finish on Friday. I remember thinking, very harsh, very harsh, this business. Uh, Steve, uh, when I was at school in the late 60s, at lunchtime, we were told to get the teachers out of the pub, which was right next to the school. They'd have the right hump, says Tisha. LBC is giving you the chance to win one of travel's most iconic experiences. A seven-night transatlantic cruise with Cunard for two people on board the Queen Mary 2. You will sail from Southampton to New York or New York to Southampton. We'll fly you whichever way you want to go and you'll be given a deluxe balcony stateroom. You can treat yourself to a unique and timeless voyage sailing aboard the world's only true ocean liner, savouring seven unforgettable days of indulgence and discovery, dignified and with a wonderful dash of glamour. You can uncover an experience as exciting as it first was in 1847. But now with the finest refinements, I think you'll find the Queen Mary 2 has got 15 restaurants. It's got everything. There'll be entertainment. Oh, everything. Seriously. You can surrender to service and celebration only offered on the transatlantic crossing by Cunard. This prize includes all meals, entertainment and flights, either to or from New York, depending on which way you would prefer to sail across the ocean. For your chance to win a transatlantic cruise on the Queen Mary 2, text CRUISE, C-R-U-I-S-E, capital letters, please, and send it to 84850. So CRUISE, C-R-U-I-S-E, and send it to 84850. A voluntary donation of just £3 from every text goes straight to our charity, Make Some Noise, which helps to change 
young lives, and you've been incredibly generous over the years. You've got until 6pm on the 1st of March to enter. Standard network rate supply, and you need to be 18 or over. You're playing across all participating radio stations and regions, and all the rules and the details about those date restrictions are at lbc.co.uk. So text CRUISE, C-R-U-I-S-E, and send it to 84850. Front pages, the mail... The MPs and uh, resigning from the party, which they brand institutionally anti-Semitic, led by the man who's a threat to national security. And uh, where was Mr Corbyn on the eve of this historic schism down at the allotment? There's a picture of him. I mean, whether it's a current picture or an old one, I've got no idea. Leader who's lost the plot, they say. It's funny, actually, must make a change for Theresa May to open up the papers and discover that there's other people get attacked. Uh, then here she is, the jihadi bride, Shamima Begum. Uh, saying that uh, these people who lost their lives in the Manchester bombing, uh, the atrocity was was justified. As I say, I'm not really sure whether or not you can become any more thick and stupid, but uh, she appears to be... Is anybody advising her? I only asked a question because she doesn't seem to engage her brain. Her lawyer, paid for by I don't know, I'd love to find out, but um, uh, sort of says that she's she's in trauma. What for? She's already described herself as just being a housewife. Not in trauma at all. But now you've got Danny Dyer says, bring her home. What for? I think he's just saying it to be sort of controversial or he's, or he's not thinking about it. Uh, the snowflakes have blast, uh, blasted a racist face mask. It's made of charcoal, so it's black, because charcoal is black. I'm sure they must do another colour charcoal. But uh, you, you, you put this on and then you peel it off afterwards and it makes you look beautiful and lovely. But they don't, they don't like it. They think it's, it's racist. Uh, the Gallagher's at war over the new film. This is Wonder Brawl again. The Guardian, Corbyn is warned, change or more rebels will quit. The body blow by Honda as they uh, shut the plant in Swindon. Uh, I think there's other ones that are going to be going as well. Uh, the Times, I like tariffs. Trump threatens transatlantic trade war. And uh, more resignations will follow. Corbyn is warned. Stitch in time may help to save the environment, which is lovely. That's what I was talking about earlier on with a lot of people who used to do sewing and stitching. and putting... Nobody does anything now. I can't even sew a button on. I, I probably could if I put my mind to it. But I'd have to go out and buy needles, cotton, different colours. And otherwise you'd never manage it, would you? Uh, what have we got here? Corbyn warned on the Telegraph. More will quit as Gang of Seven split Labour. Gang of Seven. I'm old enough to remember. Was it Gang of Four? I remember now. But uh, the 650-year-old law of treason, which could be used against returning jihadists. It's uh, The Treason Act was 1351. And uh, it may be rewritten to make it easier to prosecute people. Because I don't think anybody wants her back here at all. And uh, Burslem, Stoke-on-Trent, the first large town in Britain to lose all... It's free cash points. They've got no free cash points. It's 24,000 residents now have to choose between paying 95p per withdrawal or driving for miles to take out money. In three years, the town has lost three banks and its final free cash point. A link machine is now charging. I don't think I've ever paid to take money out. I don't think I've ever paid to take money out. It seems a bit daft, doesn't it? I mean, how do all the other places manage if they don't... If they don't charge for it, and yet they're they're charging on this one that they've got they've got left. I know if you go to a, a bureau de change, they, they charge you fifty p per ten pounds or whatever it is. I can't remember what the rate is. It varies from place to place. And uh, and I remember thinking, shan't use those ever again. Um, but why would you pay to take your own money out? I just look on it as a service. Nigel in Ealing says saw Joan Collins at the Palladium on Sunday. Andrew Pierce was there. Of course he was. 
<laughs> of course he was. Where else would he be? Where else would he be? Bless his heart. Bless his heart. I'd have been there if, unfortunately, I have to be in uh, be in bed. Uh, that's it for uh, for this morning, actually. Is it this for this? Yes, it's just about it for this morning. I think so. Uh, I think we've sort of we've sort of kind of put the world to rights. The lady is still being published. Uh, we've got uh, a number of former Labour MPs. You'll read about uh, that in all the papers this morning. They've all run with it in between the jihadi bride who doesn't have a passport. Where hers is, unless she took it out there and she's hidden it or something. We've got no idea. But she's only been in the camp two weeks. Perhaps, you know, another two years might be good. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. It's Yes, hopefully not another interview, but you get the feeling she's singing like a canary to anybody who'll listen. She's not saying anything interesting. She's just coming back the same old claptrap. Before I go this morning, just time to let you know what's coming up on my free podcast for today. On my little bit extra... I'll tell you Colleen Rooney's big idea. No, she isn't chucking him out. No, she's she's sticking with him. She wants to go on I'm a Celebrity. What she means, of course, is she wants a free holiday to Australia. You also hear about how Spencer, age 30, showed off his great reading skills live on television yesterday. Yes, poor old Spencer Matthews proved just how dim he is. He's had to apologise to people for not being able to read an auto cue. If he'd been on with Piers Morgan... Piers Morgan would have ripped him to shreds and said to them, don't ever book him ever again. You'd be better off getting Gemma Collins talking about it. Plus, I'll be talking about Dolly Parton, who's over here at the moment to uh, promote her new 9 to 5 musical. If you don't know the stories about her and rarely seen husband, I shall educate you. My little bit extra is available very shortly on the LBC app and also on the Global Player app as well. So as well as listening live to LBC, you can listen back to this and other LBC programmes, as well as listening to a range of podcasts. And if you go to the website, which is lbc.co.uk, there's a whole host of marvellous things, including more details on that uh, fabulous transatlantic cruise. Coming up at 10, in for James O'Brien, it's today's guest host, the Labour MP and Shadow Foreign Secretary, Emily Thornberry. But right now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.